Good morning to all of our listeners around the world logged on to you know what I shouldn't just be saying good morning because it's not morning everywhere for some places it's good afternoon and good night good evening as well you know let me go in order so good morning good afternoon good evening and good night to all <laughs> to all of our listeners around the world logged on to qmzradio.com and johnnoradio.com of course, I gotta say good morning to my studio audience, courtesy of Clubhouse. Good morning, Javette. It is Monday, August 22. Moving Monday, we're doing it in Soka Style. Thank you so much to everyone for joining me for Coffee and Toe World News on the Go every Monday through Friday, starting at 9 a.m. to 12 p.m. Eastern, where I read the news and we share our views. You can follow me on Twitter at me Media Moments on Instagram at moments underscore with underscore me underscore media. And don't forget, you can also find me on TikTok, <laughs> Moments with Me Media. And I must let you know the me is M-I. Are we going to have the headlines that we're going to be covering today coming up right after this? You're listening to Charlie Black and Chris Martin. Hope everyone had a wonderful weekend and are ready to start the week. New week, new day, new opportunities. We've got this, right? If you didn't set any goals to accomplish this week, go ahead and do that. You can put it in your phone, put it on a sticky note, slap that on your fridge door, put it somewhere, you know, where you go every day. Put it even on your mirror as a daily reminder of the goal that you set for yourself and that you want to accomplish. Here are the headlines we have coming up for you today in international news. Car blast kills daughter of Russian known as Putin's brain. Somali forces end hotel attack that left 21 dead, 117 hurt. Woman believed to be mother of children found dead in suitcases is in South Korea, say the Seoul police. UK inflation could hit 18% next year. And this is according to a city forecast. Leaders of the US, UK, France, Germany discuss Iran nuclear deal. Thousands gather to fed South Africa's new Zulu king. In news out of North America, 
three Arkansas law enforcement officers suspended over arrest. Georgia teen shot by undercover police during drug deal. Appeals court order delays Lindsey Graham's Atlanta grand jury testimony in Trump case. Mother-daughter dog training duo arrested on animal <clears throat> excuse me on animal cruelty charges after violent training video goes viral. Teachers at Ohio's largest school district vote to strike just before start of school year. Houston woman suffers acute poisoning after touching a napkin left on her car. Wisconsin school district stands on its ban to forbid teachers from displaying their gender identities. In business and tech news, Chipotle debuts a water cup candle that smells like lemonade. This could be a momentous week for millions of young people. In sports news, Dennis Rodman says he will travel to Russia to help Brittany Griner. Out of the Caribbean corner, Antigua says it had no choice but to release Roman Abramovich's yachts. Prime Minister slams preachers of doom and gloom, pointing to economic growth. JLP counselor in custody on fraud charge, fined for traffic breach. NHC monitoring tropical wave off West African coast. U.S. reports spike in weapons smuggling to the Caribbean. And believe it or not, stories woman high on meth in back of police cruiser slips off handcuffs, then shoots officer with his AR-15. Police searching for a Georgia man accused of posing as priest to rape women. Designer vagina surgery is becoming a more popular for women embarrassed by their camel toe peeking through their leggings. In entertainment news, Dwayne Wade files petition to legally change Zaya Wade's name and gender. Biggie's daughter Tiana Wallace puts up her Brooklyn home to cover boyfriend's one million dollar bond would you be caught doing that hmm. all right we're gonna have the details of this these stories and more coming up after this music break here's michelle montano one wine a little more soca to get us moving it is move it monday and we do it in soca styling just a choose and I'm in the run of the chill spot When she walk in the whole place get quiet So the girl look, trust me, I think shot But I know the first time it's the girl and she had Over that, oh man, soon as we are them make four Me see myself a carrier for my tour How much can me say I'm hundred and more But this never reached me before, me no know a war I love the way she looks Her pretty face and smile got a hold on me And the way she moves in a dance when I'm turning on her body Get away, she's mine This girl I don't wanna share with nobody It didn't take no time I'm about to fall in love from one time Party looks. Yeah, all the party looks. How many of them turn up on a look? We are not to me. Selector, come 
Sasa when I feel the girl, them bubble. If you love to see the girl, them a bubble put up your hand. You play a song, the girl stab us blank. Over the girl, them time. Play a song, the girl white. Big selector, a player, you know, rookie. Catch the baseline, watch the girl, them a shoot me. Hey, when the girl, them a dip it and a drop it. You a batty man, if you know a bit. Follow me then. Girl, I don't show, so me glad me come out. Ready for the what you're talking about. Try to say thank you to all of our listeners logged on to the Quality Music Zone, QMZRadio.com, JanoRadio.com, and of course everyone here with me on Clubhouse, where the conversation happens. I'm Moments with me. You're listening to Coffee and Toe World News on the Go. Every Monday through Friday, we do this. And we start at 9 a.m. to 12 p.m. Eastern, where I read the news and we share our views. It is Move It Monday. We do it in Soka style. And we choose to start off the week with Soka because it's up-tempo, upbeat, gets that blood pumping, puts us in a good mood, the right frame of mind, ready to take on what we're going to face. Hope everyone listening had a wonderful weekend. You got some rest, got to do something special, something memorable, or did some gardening, I don't know, housework, whatever you did, I hope it was something well worth the doing. Coming up right after this, we do have the details, starting off with international news, so keep it locked. When you are wine up on it, girl, sit down. When you are balance on it, girl, sit down. When you are bubble on it, bubble on it, can't struggle on it, girl, sit down. When you are wine up on it, girl, sit down. When you are balance on it, girl, sit down. When you are bubble on it, bubble on it, can't struggle on it, girl. Girl, you so hot and so sexy. You both in bad everybody. Do it again one time, two times, three times. Do it again nonstop. Non-stop, 
Thank you so much to everyone tuned in and keeping it locked. It is time for us to get into the details on Coffee and Toe. I am Moments with me, and here we go. Starting off with international news, a car blast kills the daughter of Russian known as Putin's brain. This story is courtesy of the Associated Press out of Moscow. The daughter of an influential Russian political theorist, often referred to as Putin's brain, was killed in a car bombing on the outskirts of Moscow, authorities said on Sunday. The Moscow branch of the Russian Investigative Committee said preliminary information indicated 29-year-old TV commentator Daria Dugina was killed by an explosive planted in the SUV she was driving on Saturday night. There was no immediate claim of responsibility, but the bloodshed gave rise to suspicions that the intended target was her father, Alexander, a nationalist philosopher and writer. Dugin, or Dugin, is a prominent proponent of the Russian world concept, a spiritual and political ideology that emphasizes traditional values, the restoration of Russia's power, and the unity of all ethnic Russians throughout the world. He is also a vehement supporter of Russian President Vladimir Putin's move sending troops into Ukraine. The explosion took place as his daughter was returning from a cultural festival she had attended with him. Russian media reports cited witnesses as saying the SUV belonged to Dugin and that he had decided at the last minute to travel in another vehicle. The car bombing, unusual for Moscow, is likely to aggravate tensions between Russia and Ukraine. Denis Pushil and the president of the separatist uh, Don- Donetsk People's Republic, the pro-Moscow region that is a focus of Russia's fighting in Ukraine, blamed the blast on terrorists of the Ukrainian regime trying to kill Alexander Dugin. Mikhailo Podolyak, an advisor to Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky, denied Ukrainian involvement, saying we are not a criminal state unlike Russia and definitely not a terrorist state. Political analyst Abbas Galiamov, a former speechwriter for Putin, called the attack an act of intimidation aimed at Kremlin loyalists. To them, he said, this is a symbolic act demonstrating that hostilities have been confidently transferred to the territory of Russia, territory, sorry, of Russia, which means that this is no longer an abstract war that you watch on TV. This is already happening in Russia. Not only Crimea is being bombed, but terrorist attacks are already being carried out in the Moscow region. While Dugin's exact ties to Putin are unclear, the Kremlin frequently echoes rhetoric from his writings and appearances on Russian state TV. He helped polarize the Novorov... You know, I'm not going to twist up my tongue, but I'm going to try and break it up because I'm I'm not going to be beaten down by a challenge. Novorossiya, or New Russia in English. (laughs) Concept that Russia used to justify the 2014 annexation of Ukraine's Crimean Peninsula and its support of separatist rebels in eastern Ukraine. He promotes Russia as a country of piety, traditional values, and authoritarian leadership and disdains Western liberal values. His daughter expressed similar views and had appeared as a commentator on the nationalist TV channel Sagrad, where Dugin had served as chief editor. Dugina herself was sanctioned by the United States in March for her work as chief editor of United World International, a website that the U.S. described as a disinformation source. The sanctions announcement cited a United World article this year that contended Ukraine would perish if it were admitted to NATO. 
In an appearance on Russian television just Thursday, Dugina said people in the West are living in a dream, in a dream given to them by global homogeny. She called America a zombie society in which people opposed Russia but could not find it on a map. Dugina, like her father, has always been at the forefront of confrontation with the West. As unknown Russian an unknown Russian group, the National uh, Republican Army, claimed responsibility Sunday for the bombing. This is according to former Russian lawmaker Ponomarev. The AP, the Associated Press, could not verify the existence of the group. Ponomarev, who left Russia after voting against its annexation of Crimea in 2014, made the statement to Ukrainian TV. Things are getting all kinds of um crazy. All kinds of crazy. I'll say this though. You're, for every action, there's going to be a reaction. And that's life. That's how life is. If you do good, there's going to be good. You do bad, there's going to be bad. Every move you make is going to result in something else happening. Fact of life. Can't escape it. Not at all. All right. Good morning, Sinead. Good morning, Tasha. Welcome to Coffee and Tote World News on the Go. Glad to have you here with us this morning. Happy Monday. Yeah. So it's unfortunate that, you know, I, I yes, do I believe it was intended for him? Yes, but it's unfortunate she felt the wrath of it. Our next story, we head on over to the continent, uh, comes out of Somalia, courtesy of the Associated Press. Somali authorities on Sunday ended an attack by Islamic extremists that left 21 people dead and over 110 wounded when gunmen stormed a hotel in the capital. It took Somali forces more than 30 hours to contain the fighters who had stormed Mogadishu's Hyatt Hotel on Friday evening. This was in an assault that started with loud explosions. The attack is the first ter- major terror attack in Mogadishu since Somalia's new leader, Hassan Sheikh Mohammed, took over in May. The siege ended around midnight, Police Commissioner Abdi Hassan Hijar told reporters. During the attack, the security forces rescued many civilians trapped in the hotel, including women and children. Health Minister Dr. Ali Haji Adam reported 21 deaths and 117 people wounded, with at least 15 in critical condition. He noted that some victims may not have been brought to hospitals. The Islamic extremist group Al-Shabaab, which has ties with Al-Qaeda, claimed responsibility for the attack, the latest of its frequent attempts to strike places visited by government officials. Al-Shabaab opposes the federal government and outside groups that support it. Al-Shabaab remains the most lethal Islamic extremist group in Africa and the biggest threat to political stability in the volatile Horn of African nation. Police have not yet given a detailed explanation of how the attack unfolded and it remains unclear how many gunmen entered the hotel. Ismail Abdi, the hotel's manager, told the Associated Press early Sunday that security forces were still working to clear the area. The sound of gunfire ended at 9 a.m. Onlookers gathered outside the gates of the badly damaged hotel on Sunday morning to survey the scene. Somalia's previous president, Mohamed Abdulli Mohamed, avoided any major confrontation with al-Shabaab, but Mohamed has said his government will take the offensive against the group's thousands of fighters with the backing of returning U.S. forces. 
Al-Shabaab charged via its Andalus radio station that the attack on the hotel was in response to Mohammed's assertion that he would eliminate the group from Somalia. UN Secretary General Antonio Gutierrez condemned the attack, saying the UN supports the people of Somalia in their fight against terrorism and their march towards peace. Al-Shabaab has seized even more territory in recent years, taking advantage of rifts among Somali security personnel, as well as disagreements between the government seat in Mogadishu and regional states. Forced to retreat from Mogadishu in 2011, Al-Shabaab is slowly making a comeback from the rural areas to which it retreated, defying the presence of African Union peacekeepers, as well as U.S. drone strikes targeting its fighters. A woman believed to be the mother of the children found dead in the suitcases is in South Korea, says Seoul Police. We reported this story last week, and this is a follow-up, and this is courtesy of CNN out of Seoul, South Korea. A woman believed to be the mother of two children whose remains were found in suitcases in New Zealand earlier this month is in South Korea, a Seoul Police official told CNN on Monday. The official said the woman, a New Zealand citizen, arrived in South Korea in 2018 and there was no record of her subsequently departing the country. According to the official, the woman held Korean citizenship before acquiring New Zealand citizenship a long time ago. The official did not name the woman or give any other identifying details and could not confirm whether she was born in South Korea. Her whereabouts are unknown, the official said South Korean police have not opened their own investigation into the case, but are cooperating with New Zealand authorities through Interpol. New Zealand police launched a homicide investigation earlier this month after a family from South Auckland reported finding human body parts in several items they bought in an online auction from a storage facility. The children, likely to have been between ages 5 and 10, may have been dead for a number of years, perhaps three or four, according to New Zealand police. The family who bought the suitcases at auction are not under investigation, the New Zealand police have said. New Zealand police this morning told CNN they were unable to confirm the details provided by South Korean police at this stage of the investigation. Is this speculation or is this a fact? Are they they being presumptuous to state this as a fact? And this is, I'm addressing that to the South Korean police. Because they it seems as though they're convinced. I don't I'm not sure, but um interesting. How did they how do they know who this woman is? But what I find interesting is that they, they know that she has um citizenship, dual citizenship, right? Both for New Zealand and South Korea, but they don't know where she was born. From my understanding, and I'm just Thinking back to my children, when we, well, my mom, when she was doing the application for their citizenship in Jamaica, she had to present their birth certificates, right? Because they had to be born somewhere. So how can you not know her country of birth? That part makes no, if this is the person you're identifying, um, that part makes no sense to me. Yeah. You don't. You can't just get up and say, "Oh, I want citizenship in another country." You have to prov- provide certain documents. Well, that's what I would believe. But anyway, um, 
UK inflation could hit 18% next year, city forecasts, and this is courtesy of Al Jazeera. British consumer price inflation is set to peak at 18% in early 2023, nine times the Bank of England's target, according to an economist at US Bank City, raising his forecast once again in the light of the latest jump in energy prices. The question now is what policy may do to offset the impact on both inflation and the real economy. And that statement is according to Benjamin Nabarro when speaking to clients. Consumer inflation, consumer price inflation, was last above 18% in 1976. In July, UK inflation jumped to 10.1%, its highest since February 1982. And this is according to official figures. The front runner to become Britain's next Prime Minister, Liz Truss, was likely to come up with measures to support households that would have a limited offsetting impact on headline inflation. With inflation now set to peak substantially higher than the Bank of England's 13% forecast in August, its Monetary Policy Committee was likely to conclude that the risks of more persistent inflation have intensified. What does this mean? It means getting rates well into restrictive territory and doing so quickly. Should signs of more embedded inflation emerge, we think bank rate of 6 or 7% will be required to bring inflation dynamics under control. For now, though, we continue to think evidence for such effects are limited with increases in unemployment, still more likely to allow the MPC to pause around the turn of the year. The BOE announced a rare half percentage point interest rate increase earlier this month and investors expected another big move when the MPC makes its next scheduled monetary policy announcement on September 15. Nabarro said he expected Britain's retail price index, which is used to set the return on inflation-linked bond, bond, sorry, would peak at more than 20%. Listen, I, I had my experience this weekend. Um... Yeah, I I had my experience. Um, (laughs) And I know I've been crying since last week, right? Saturday, what is, yes, Saturday went into a wholesale club, right? 11 items, 11 items. And I, I can tell you what those 11 items are. Onions. Lemons, scallion, sausage, waffles, eggs. Um, oh my gosh. Uh, I'm forgetting. Burrito wraps, a seven. Whole fish, snapple, a bag of that. A package of snapper fillets. Okay, I'm missing two items off the top of my head. But whatever, it was 11 items. And I know the other two will come back to me. Tell me how much I paid. I need one of you to tell me how much you think I paid for the 11 items. That's 11. $68. Good guess, but you're way off. Way off, Javet. <laughs> Not that bad yet. Right? I paid $99.58 for 11 items. 11 items so rosolo called me while we were in the parking lot putting the 11 items in the car so i went off on her she called me yesterday 
she went to Walmart. Went to Walmart. Her bill was almost $300. This is picking up essentials. $99 is what I spent. Last week, remember I told you, no luxury item. Basic, basic, basic stuff. Things that we need, things that we use. Between the supermarket and the wholesale club, we spent over $500. I was hysterical last weekend. So inflation is hitting us everywhere. Everybody's feeling it around the globe. But the part that gets me angry every time, and I, I, I got riled up again on Saturday, was that it's so easy for this country, the government, the leaders of this country, to pick up so far way more than $40 billion and send to Ukraine. And people here can't get any reprieve. We're not asking for handouts. And I think what had me more upset is, yes, <clears throat> excuse me, we have had to tighten up because things have got, you know, doubled, literally doubled in price. And or tripled in some cases, even though they say gas prices are coming down, right? Gas prices are coming down, but the, the cost of goods not moving and what has me and if it doesn't affect any of us or anybody i think we need to check ourselves myself included but what bothers me i'm like how are people who are making minimum wage managing how are they managing out order i saw an article just the other last week um right here in florida south florida can't speak for the entire state but in south florida no i didn't i didn't read the article i heard the news article i was dropping the kids off at school you need to make a minimum for hundred and fifty thousand dollars to be able to qualify for a mortgage in south florida either you're going to make that on your own or you're in your spouse or you're in your partner or you and whoever one hundred and fifty thousand minimum out order am i right about that if you can speak good morning everyone um that all depends on what type of uh property that you're looking for <laughs> but basic basic well, property basic property mm, townhouse condo not necessarily but um three bedroom two bath type of home yes okay you're you're correct that's what I heard on, on the station. Um, yeah, I was like, huh? Hold on, what? Yeah. Yeah, that's how bad things have gotten. Um, although the interest rate has um, slowed the market some, it's still, the prices haven't come down to where normal people would say yeah, they'll run out and buy a home. Yeah. I tell you this, Otardo. Anybody with a house in Florida looking to move out of state, don't sell your house. Don't sell your house. Because here's what's going to happen to you. Better you put it up for an investment or something. Because here's what's going to happen. At some point, you're going to want to move back to Florida. And you won't be able to afford the house. You won't be able to. 
It's ridiculous. And you're trying to tell me that no official body sees a sees a sees something wrong here. Miami. Don't complain if you see 15 cars parked up in your neighbor's house. People got to survive, and that's the only way to do it. Don't complain at this point. You know, so I, I laughed. <clears throat> Excuse me. <clears throat> my apologies. Good morning, James, Lisa, Tasha, Moreland, Reds. I'll tell them my apologies for not saying good morning. But um, I, I, when, when Rosolo spoke to me, I spoke to her Saturday. She spoke to me yesterday. I said, you know something? I'm not judging anybody to do what they got to do. Any woman that have six men, I suggest you take up a seventh. One for each day of the week and put them on a roster. Monday, Matthew. Tuesday, Paul. Wednesday, Mark. Thursday, Luke. Friday, John. Saturday, Timothy. Sunday, Michael. I'm not going to judge anybody. I'm sorry. You got to do what you got to do. For any man who's picking up a, a, a cougar or a woman on the side I, I, who can help you, I, I'm not here to judge you either. Not my place. Sorry. It's called survival. If this is how we're going to bond together <laughs> to survive, it's what we got to have to do. So I turned to Marlon and I said, hey, can I pick up a side man? He's like, sure, can we need help? I don't know. <laughs> I really don't know. I don't know. What's going to happen? How can 11 items at the wholesale be $99.58? A flatter eggs. You know what? I need to find the receipt. A flatter eggs. You know how much for the flatter eggs? $16.78 for a flat of, no, no, I'm lying, two flats of eggs, which still works out cheaper than going to the supermarket because one flat of the supermarket is $13 and change. So no point going there, right? No point. Now, I normally buy the Snapple <coughs> fish, excuse me, whole whole snapper cleaned gutted everything i don't even have to scale it once in a while you might find a scale or two you don't even have to do that you just wash it with some lemon juice and you're good oh folks if you don't have lemon juice or lime juice and you don't have vinegar you know you can use some white rum to clean your meat and fish right yeah but um oh when you're cooking curry too tip a little white rum in there you know turns it up a notch but anyway yeah i love white rum anyway <laughs> uh, moments this, you know uh just occurred to me that um with all the food um, prices going up people are starting to frequent um food food distribution centers um and giveaways now can you blame them no i'm thinking that's a fantastic idea and i think i'm going to be joining that line and not as a matter of fact yeah i am going to be joining that line there i remember let me tell you something I'm, at one point i was like should I go? And I'm like, you know what? No. As tough as things are for us, there are people who have it worse than us. Let me leave it for those folks. But then I see on the news and people be pulling up in their Mercedes and their BMWs and their Audis. I'm like, hold up. <laughs> I mean, 
here worrying about. I'm here worrying about people who have it harder than we do. Yeah. And I'm not talking about the C class. They're they're popping up in their S class Mercedes Benz, popping that trunk open and getting loaded. Rich people lost their jobs too. Exactly. But that's how the rich stay rich as well. They frequent places like that. Um, we had a few distribution this weekend and saw several Mercedes pull up. So, Otada, hold on though. You had that going on. You didn't holler and say, hey, pull up? <laughs> nah. Well, it was a surprise to me. That portion was a surprise because we were doing voter registration and um, blood donation, uh, COVID test, and... Um, uh, HIV testing, and when I saw the food distribution center, it was a last minute thing for me, so I wasn't prepared for that portion because I wasn't um in the meeting for what was actually going to come out. Listen, I'm checking the chat. A tin of Aki in one supermarket in Texas, thirteen dollars and nine dollars in another supermarket. A pack of saltfish. In one supermarket here is eleven dollars and something cents. Yesterday I made saltfish fritters. You know what I do with the saltfish? I do it the way the um, Latinos do it when they're gonna make croquetas. <clears throat> so I shred it up <laughs> as much as I can. My fingers. I shred it, shred it, shred it. And then once I put all the ingredients in, the tomato, the sweet peppers, the hot pepper, you know, black pepper, um, all the different scallion, onion, thyme. Oh, I get that. Uh, what you call the hand mixer out? Oh, yeah. Because it's going to spread. When you bite them selfish fritters, you ain't going to see a piece of selfish, but the flavor right through it. it, it it's, yeah. I got to make it stretch. <laughs> <laughs> Don't laugh, Japan. Don't laugh. Yeah, so when it's not like the you know, normally when you get your saltfish fritters and your bite they just little chunks of saltfish. No, the saltfish is in there, it's just disintegrated. Cause I gotta make that pack of saltfish last two times. And so when trouble take your pitna shot fit you, right? You gotta take your hand on fashion. You gotta make it stretch. Gotta do what we gotta do. Ain't nothing wasted in this house. Not at all. Um, <laughs> Tasha, you're right. Oh, now we're going to have to start selling plasma. Yeah. But Ukraine, can you, how hard would it be for them to say, you know what, we're going to help every single household in this country, even if it's $500? Or let's say $100 per person per household. Do you know the relief that would bring? Do you know the relief that would bring? People are stressed out. Malnourishment is going to be on the rise in this country because people are going to now, okay, before you could pick up some fruits, now you're wondering, do I get the fruits or do I get food? What's going to fill them up? What's going to last them longer? What do you do? So now you buy a tomato. You're going to have everybody get one slice. 
<laughs> you buy a lettuce, everybody get one leaf. That's it. Or you shred that up. Fine. And okay, let's see how we sprinkle a little for everybody. We're supposed to have more fruits and vegetables in our diet, but we can't afford it. We can't. I don't know. Yeah. Yes, Annette. Yep, yep, yep. We, we, we're struggling down here. I don't know how much you pay for saltfish over in California, but I know it ain't pretty here in Florida. Not pretty. Leaders of the U.S., U.K., France, Germany discuss Iran nuclear deal, according to Al Jazeera. The leaders of the United States, Britain, France, and Germany held a conversation on efforts to revive the 2015 Iran nuclear deal, the White House said on Sunday. In addition, they discussed ongoing negotiations over Iran's nuclear program, the need to strengthen support for partners in the Middle East region, and joint efforts to deter and constrain Iran's destabilizing regional activities, the White House said in its description of the call among the four. No further details were given regarding the Middle Eastern portion of the discussion among U.S. President Joe Biden, British Prime Minister Boris Johnson, French President Emmanuel Macron, and German Chancellor Olaf Scholz. The European Union and U.S. last week said they were studying Iran's response to what the EU has called its final proposal to revive the deal under which Tehran curbed its nuclear program in return for economic sanctions relief. This morning, I was in a newsroom. I think it's some Brits who hold that newsroom, but interesting, really interesting conversations as, I, as I'm hearing the word sanctions. But we have said it here on Coffee and Toe, well, I have said it, that the U.S. loves diplomatic bullying. Is there another word for bullying that can go well with diplomatic? (laughs) It doesn't sound that bad, but it is what it is. If you disagree with anything or if there's anything going on in your country that they don't like because it's not in alignment with their their quote-unquote morals or their value system and i'm leaving that in quotations as well or their principles whatever their beliefs a sanction is imposed and the same thing was uttered in that room this morning they go around issuing sanctions on everybody as long as you don't agree with what they say. But what I've come to realize, and um, not on my own, I'll be honest about that, on, not on my own, the, the, I was watching a clip on TikTok in relation to a news article, and the commentator said, the issue is that the U.S. is losing its power. The U.S., is losing its power and it doesn't seem to be aware that it's losing its power that countries are shifting the way they deal they're shifting who they deal with and they're no longer willing to be threatened with sanctions so the US needs to change the the way they do things 
the brow beating that the, the same handbook that they've been using for how many decades, they need to go in and revise that much like the laws of the country. How can you have a constitution written from Wapikil Philip still applicable to date? And because it's being used to date, it is what is lending itself to people treating people the way they do. And I hope I'm making sense, right? Trying to put my thoughts together. Hope I'm making sense. You can only do something a certain way for so long. And after a while, you're going to have to, you know, revisit, go back to the table and see if it really makes sense, if it's practical. Because people are awake now. They're no longer asleep. The needle is moving in a different direction. So it's either you're going to change the way you approach situations, let go of the bullying, and try something else. Try something else. Because it ain't working. And we head on down to South Africa for our final story from the international scene. Thousands gather to fetch South Africa's new Zulu king, courtesy of Al Jazeera. Thousands of people gathered at the Zulu Royal Palace in South Africa for the coronation of a new king in the country's richest and most influential traditional monarchy. Misu Zulu Zulu, 47, is set to succeed his father, Goodwill Zwethilini, who died in March last year after 50 years in charge, but a bitter succession despite threatened to overshadow the ceremony. Although the title of king does not bestow executive power, the monarchs wield great moral influence over more than 11 million Zulus, who make up nearly one-fifth of South Africa's population. Men and women in colorful traditional outfits assembled on Saturday outside the Marble Palace on the hills of Nongoma, a small town in the southeastern province of KwaZulu-Natal, the Zuli heartland. Tens of thousands more were expected to arrive to honor the new sovereign. Today, the king will be acknowledged by the whole Zulu nation, said his sister. And I will not even try. You know what's a part of her name? Um, Sinead, I know you said you can't talk right now, but here is the part of her name. The last part of her name is Sizwe. Hmm. Should I attempt it? This is, I'm going to spell her name. N-T-A-N-D-O. That's probably Tando. The N is silent. So that would be Tando. Yes, Sizwe. Tando, yes, Sizwe. Hmm. Tando, yes, Sizwe. Something like that. But yeah, Sizwe is the last part of her name. I wonder what Sizwe means. <laughs> yeah, she's 46 years old. So, yeah. I didn't realize there were so many Zulus in South Africa, but why not? Were they the original inhabitants before they were um, colonized? Hmm. Okay. Google. What does Zulu mean in African? Zulu means sky. Did we know that? I didn't. The word Zulu means sky. And according to oral history, Zulu was the name of the ancestor who founded the Zulu royal line in about 1670. Today, it is estimated that there are more than 45 million South Africans and the Zulu people make up about approximately 22% of this 
number. What do what language do they speak? They speak Bantu. Okay. Spoken by more than nine million people. Oh, interesting. All right. What was the question I originally asked though? Who are the original inhabitants of South Africa? Okay, so let me go look that up. We're doing what? History today? No, what what, 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 what how do you classify this subject today? Were the original inhabitants not of Australia? I said South Africa. Thank you. South Africa. Okay, so here we go. Who were the original inhabitants? The Khoisan. Am I pronouncing that right? K H O I S A N. Khoisan were the first inhabitants of Southern Africa and one of the earliest distinct groups of Homo sapiens enduring centuries of gradual dispossession at the hands of every new wave of settlers, including the Bantu, whose descendants make up most of South Africa's black population. So the Bantus moved in on them. Okay. All right. Interesting. Hmm. All right. So that, that was my lesson for today. Shaka Zulu. Yes. I, that's how I became aware of the Zulus, um, Sunette, that movie, Shaka Zulu. It wasn't even a movie. It was a series that I looked forward to watching every week. I think it used to, if I remember, it used to come on on a Sunday night. I looked forward to watching it. I was intrigued with it. Yeah. Who remembers the theme song? Doom, 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 doom. I can't believe I remember that. Wow. Okay. Interesting. It's time for you to take a quick break. When we return, it is news out of North America. Here is some more soca to get us going. Dreaming. 
drink like we. No None of them can't fit like we. No can't have energy like we. Full of stamina, stamina, full of vibes like we. To all our listeners logged on to the quality music zone, qmzradio.com. Everyone logged on to janoradio.com. Don't forget to download that Jano Radio app, J A H K N O, available in your Apple and Google Play stores. Take us on the go. And of course, thank you to everyone here with me on Clubhouse where the conversation happens. I'm Moments with me. You're listening to Coffee and Toe World News on the Go. And we do this every Monday through Friday, starting at 9 a.m. to 12 p.m. Eastern, where I read the news and we share our views. Coming up later on tonight on JanoRadio.com and QMZRadio.com. Also, right here on Clubhouse, it is Days After Dark. Real relationship talk. That starts at 10 p.m. Eastern. It is Move It Monday and we do it in soca style every Monday. Let's get the blood pumping. If you're not awake, I'm sure it will help wake you up. One thing about music is, you, you know, especially soca music, you gotta move. Even if it's to tap your fingers or your toes, something. Sorry, Sonette, so sorry to be waking you up so early in the morning. Coming up, we have details of stories out of North America. Stay tuned. Thank you once again to everyone that's tuned in and locked in. Appreciate you. According to the Associated Press, three Arkansas law enforcement officers have been suspended over an arrest. Three Arkansas law enforcement officers were suspended on Sunday following social media outrage over a video that seemingly showed two deputies and an officer striking a suspect under arrest. Crawford County Sheriff Jimmy DeMonte issued a statement Sunday evening stating two county deputies will be suspended during the course of the Arkansas State Police's investigation into the incident and the Sheriff's Office internal investigation. A Mulberry police officer was also suspended. 
He said, I hold all my employees accountable for their actions and will take appropriate measures in this matter. In a statement released Sunday evening, Mulberry Police Chief Shannon Gregory said the officer involved in the incident is on leave pending the outcome of the investigation. The city of Mulberry and the Mulberry Police Department takes these investigations very seriously, Gregory said. According to police, a report indicated that a man was making threats to a convenience store employee in Mulberry on Sunday morning. Mulberry is located about 137 miles northwest of Little Rock. Police said when the officers confronted the man, he pushed a deputy to the ground and punched the back of his head, leading to the arrest seen in the video. In the video, the three law enforcement officers are seen on top of the suspect, sometimes striking him with clenched fists. The unidentified man was arrested and taken to a local hospital. He faces charges of terroristic threatening, resisting arrest, and other assault charges, police said. No further information was immediately available. You know what? I got to go pull this up. and I, I haven't seen the video. I'm going to be frank. I have not seen the video. Not sure if anyone else heard about the incident. Don't pull it up. It's just going to make you angry. Okay, just read the story. Okay, okay. All right. I won't pull it up. I won't pull yeah, it up. Yeah, it it, I saw the video. Thank you for the heads up. I don't want to be angry today. The economy already has me messed up. Is it that bad? Yes. Oh, well. Okay. Hmm. Hmm. Every time there is an issue, I know we have said that we, the way policing happens needs to change. Needs to change, without a doubt. What is it going to take for the change to happen? change because it's been done on purpose good morning everyone good morning Warren. being done on purpose it's intentional i've read somewhere weeks ago where you know they say that they don't understand why the black community is enraged or gets angry or gets upset because white um suspects are taken down in the same manner as black suspects I'm like, oh, hmm? okay well if they are show it to us let us see it I, honestly moments i don't even know the color of the person that they were beating up that's how bad it was Dang. i had to I, I had to look it away i had to look away i have no idea what ethnicity the person was that they were beating OMG. That bad. Okay. Um, Go ahead, Ward. Go right ahead. We're the police. Uh, um, because there was a couple, I think, documentaries or some specials or something that came on about uh, the militarization of the police and where they get the training from. So you have to look at that trend that's been happening, that was happening for quite a while until they reach... Um, the place where they are and um, most of them or rather a large portion of 
the training that they get is um, from Israel huh? on how they deal with the Palestinians. And that's where they had a large contract with the, all the different police departments training them on these sort of methods that they employ and people know. Mm -hmm. Okay. Thank you, War. Sonette is saying in the... Okay, it was a white suspect. Okay. Okay. Still isn't right. Why the need to behave this way? The video was posted on social media. Shows the officers restraining an individual near a curb, appearing to throw punches at the person's face and kneeing in the individual in the side and back. A woman is, who is not seen in the video can be heard saying, don't beat him, he needs his medicine. One officer responds, back the blank up, while another orders her to get into her car. The person who posted the video online said her sister witnessed the altercation outside the County Express in Mulberry. Crawford County Sheriff, and now I'm reading an article from CNN, right? So Crawford County Sheriff Jimmy DeMonte told CNN affiliate KHBS that the suspect was wanted for allegedly threatening a gas station clerk in a neighboring town. When he was spotted in Mulberry, DeMonte said the man was initially cooperative, but then he tried to attack the officers, leading to the confrontation seen in the video. The sheriff told KHBS that the suspect was examined at a hospital and booked into jail, while a deputy received minor head injuries during the altercation. Arkansas State Police identified the suspect as, as Randall Worcester, 27, of Gooseneck uh, Creek, South Carolina. Worcester is charged with second-degree battery, resisting as arrest, possessing an instrument of crime, criminal trespass, criminal mischief, terroristic threatening, as well as first- and second-degree assault charges. Ooh, I'm tired from reading that list. How did they arrive at this list? Second degree battery, resisting arrest, possessing an instrument of crime. What was the instrument of crime? Hold on. Uh, okay. Um, going back through the article. What was, I don't see where they, what, what was the instrument of crime? Javette, did you see, did they talk about an instrument of crime? They said that he threatened to cut off somebody's face so i'm not sure if he had a weapon on him or not mm -hmm. but that mm -hmm. was that was the piece that i heard and then when the officers caught up to him he was able to um he was able to push or beat up or punch one of the officers before they were able to detain him so at that point you already know they feel kind they probably already felt embarrassed that yep. they were overtaken by a suspect so then you know what what comes after that the the i forget the exact term that you call it but yeah out of order is he still there what is you know, i'm still here to it what 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 do you call it like when you're um chasing a suspect and then when you catch them you guys get a person gets all riled up <laughs> i'm glad you, know? you corrected that <laughs> <laughs> y'all caught that okay <laughs> wow um, from looking at the video um when the person is 
seems to be or appears or you can verbalize that he or she is resisting an arrest and you're supposed to um, detain or, or subdue the individual. From the video I saw, um, that has nothing to do with being, um, subduing the individual. Um, everything that I saw was outside the use of force continuum that is taught in the in the academy and continually taught um, in, during in-service. So the, those officers, um, all three should be facing some sort of severe disciplinary action with the day with today's time and the temperature of the environment, especially the the one that was um, striking him with a closed fist, and the guy's head was bouncing off the concrete almost every time. Wow. No, I meant you know when a person. Oh my God! It's not fight or flight. It it it's a specific scientific term for like when you get excitable and you can't bring yourself back down you know most of the time it happens in a police chase and then when they catch up to the suspect their their adrenaline that's what it was their adrenaline is like over yes 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 that's the term i wanted oh well even with your adrenaline um pumping like that you're still supposed to be your your training is supposed to always kick in to where you revert back to your muscle memory and you're training to say that what you're doing isn't within the scope of your duty because at no point right there where i where i was looking at the video that there was a deadly force situation occurring especially on a three-on-one situation oh yeah you're you're correct you're that reminded me of a movie called American something back in the day. Yeah. Okay. Wow. Um, tax dollars, taxpayers dollars are paying the police, right? Um, I, I think so. I want to think so. Money doesn't just come yes, up out the air, right? Money doesn't come up out the air to pay them. Are the citizens of each um, municipality willing to take matters into their own hands and demand justice, demand that police be retrained or be removed? Something needs to happen. Because what I'm finding, it happens at all levels and it happens with everything. We pay the money to sustain everything, government, right? But yet we don't have a say. We don't have a say. Our voices still go unheard. You know what I would go ahead, go ahead, I'm out I'm sorry. You you um your point about the, the taxes right there, um, not a lot of people are aware of it, but we're the where the um, police officers and the sheriffs are uh, being funded. The sheriffs are funded um, in taxpayers' dollars through their property taxes. Mm-hmm. And the police officers are funded through um, grants from the counties where they all get their money from all all boils back down to taxes that um, excuse me property taxes directly so if you stop paying your taxes guess what they come after your your home itself exactly yeah so they they've got it to where 
you're damned if you do, damned if you don't. And think about it, they say, um, you know, vote and get these people out of office, um, their seats under as far as the sheriffs. But the um, police departments are appointed positions. And the people that are appointing them, those are the ones that you have to get out. But it's still one of those systems where they have fail safe to where it really, it really matters not. So when you hear about defunding, defunding is the best um, talk, so to speak, but it's still kind of impossible to happen. Yeah. What needs, what needs to happen is better hiring process, better training process that this can be minimized and not saying it, it will ever go away because when I was training um, officers, you know, they were okay while they were with me, but you can always tell the ones that immediately after they're on their own, they're going to have an S on their chest. <laughs> and there's nothing you could do about it. The only thing you could do is say, revert back to your training. And when they call you into the office, did you teach him this? Nope. Nope. Right. Yeah. Oh boy. We hope for better days. A drug, a drug dealer. Uh, go ahead, Ward. Go right ahead, and then I'll move on. Sorry, I was about to say um, where we're at right now. Um, I believe also the courts have a role to play because they, in a sense, over the last um thirty thirty years or so. 40 years change a lot of the laws that give gives police um, a free hand when it mm-hmm. comes to the use of force mm-hmm. and deadly force and all this kind of situation where um, it's no longer to serve and protect, right? When they go out, understanding definitely they're human beings too, but when they go out, it's about their lives first instead of um, the serve and protect the citizens. It's um, as long as they feel that their life is, is in danger, then they're allowed to use whatever it is kind of force to protect themselves, right? Whether rightly or wrongly, because it's just something they perceive in their mind, yeah. right? And given the nature of the job, right, that they have undertaken, right, it comes with the territory, right, that their first thing is supposed to be protect. But it's not to protect these citizens, but it's to protect their lives. That's where that's where the balance is now. So whatever they do, the court back them in allowing them to get away, even in doing that which is wrong. Yeah. Thank you so much, Roy. Thank you, Otoda. Thank you, everyone. Go ahead, Fabian. Ah, boy. <laughs> I'm just so tired, man. Just hearing all these stories every I don't know. Just living in this country is just so hard for a black man and a black family, you know, just to get out of bed and jump in a car not knowing or just to walk to the street corner, not knowing what awaits you. You can do everything right. You can live a good life. You can go work every day. You get paid. You, you, you do everything that a law-abiding citizen, and still, there are no guarantees. You just need one cop that 
feel that there's something missing in him as a man, as a male, that him feel he has to be a bully. And I'm see the color of your skin and then just set it to another level. It's tough moments. It is tough, man. And why? I don't know. I don't think, you know, I always talk about we expect too much out of politicians, but I think across the board, our leaders, they, def they I, I feel that they protected us more, uh, even before I got to this country, to be honest with you. It just seemed like there was more activity more more things going on just to back people up you just want to back them up a little bit but i think and i might be 100 percent wrong i just feel like we've gotten complacent in certain ways that we've attained certain positions and and uh reach a certain level economically maybe and our belly full so to speak and in that we've let down our guard that's all i got thank you thank you fabian a drug deal ended in gunfire and a teenager was in the hospital with charges after he was shot by an undercover police officer. The suspect was shot by undercover officers in the buttocks on Saturday evening in southwest Atlanta, authorities confirmed. The Georgia Bureau of Investigation will investigate the incident in its review of the officer-involved shooting that took place near Northside Drive and McDaniel Street. Police shot 18-year-old Keontae Whitaker, who they say was armed with a gun. Plainclothes officers who were part of a crime suppression unit said they saw a man selling drugs to another person near a Texaco gas station around 7 p.m. They observed a hand-to-hand -hand transaction, went to stop the two individuals that they believed to be involved. Upon exiting the patrol vehicle, they noticed one of the males had a gun in his hands, said Major David Villaroel. The GBI said both men then ran through the village at Castleberry Hills apartment complex. Villaroel said officers approached and gave the teen several orders to drop his gun, but he did not comply. The GBI said Whitaker attempted to jump over a fence while holding the gun in his hand. The subject tried to jump the fence, still having the weapon in hand. Officer is still giving commands to drop the weapon. The officer subsequently discharged his weapon and struck the male, the 18-year-old male, in the rear buttocks. Paramedics took the suspect to Grady Hospital. The charges he faces have not been released, according to Fox 5 Atlanta News. Well, thank God he ain't dead. Thank God for that. At least, you know, he's alive. A little cramped in the butt, but he's alive. Republican Senator Lindsey Graham got a break from judges who delayed his upcoming grand jury testimony. A panel of federal appeals court judges temporarily delayed Graham's testimony in Atlanta that was to be heard before a Fulton County special grand jury in the criminal probe investigation on whether former President Donald Trump or his associates broke any state law in their efforts to have the 2020 presidential election results overturned in the state of Georgia, Fox News reported. The temporary stay was issued on Sunday by the 11th U.S. Circuit Court of Appeals, which delayed the South Carolina Senator's testimony scheduled for Tuesday. Now, a lower court must decide on the types of questions that can and cannot be posed to Graham because there are protections given to members of Congress under the U.S. Constitution. 
U.S. District Judge Lee Martin May had previously denied the senator's request on August 15th to quash his subpoena and then on Friday rejected his effort to put her ruling on hold while he appealed. Graham's lawyers appealed in the 11th U.S. Circuit Court of Appeals. The three-judge panel, comprised of two Trump appointees and one appointee of former President Bill Clinton, issued their order temporarily, pausing May's order that rejected quashing the subpoena. The appeals court judge's decision directs May to determine whether Graham is entitled to a partial quashal or modification of the subpoena to appear before the special purpose grand jury based on any protections afforded by the speech or debate clause of the United States Constitution. Apparently, the clause protects members of Congress from testifying about anything related to their official legislative business. After May decides on that issue, the case will return to the 11th Circuit for further consideration. Why do they need protection? Why do they need protection? What makes them so special? Why do they need protection from testifying about anything related to their official legislative business? Here we go again. We put them in power. We're paying their bills, but yet they protected. We're not protected. That makes no sense to me. And this is th- these are the reasons why people strive to get into certain positions because they know that there are privileges and benefits that come with being in these positions. So they paint a picture of, I'm for you. Uh, Yeah, I'm for you. I hear you. And I'm going to fight for you. And I'm going to work for you. And I'm going to do this for you and do that for you. A bunch of promises, politics, politicking in its finest, so that you will put them where they need to be so they can carry out their personal agenda. Every politician, it's not just in America, I think it's global, every politician has a personal agenda. They pretend to care, but they really don't. And they, we, we notice their behavior, we notice where they fall short, we notice these things, but yet we keep supporting them. Why are we so afraid to X them out and put other people in? And we keep doing that until we find the right fit. Isn't that what companies do? When people apply for a job and they get several applicants, first, before they call people in, right? The hiring manager or team, they go through the resumes Find the ones that are the best fit. The ones that are not, they put to the side. Toss those out. I want to hear from you. Don't, they're not going to call you. You're not going to hear from them. Then they call in for interviews. And f- based on the questions that are posed and how the questions are answered and their ability to um, portray themselves in a positive way and make them sound as though they're the best fit for the company and the best ones for the job, you then go through another culling process and you, you, you filter out the ones that are not the best fit. And now you have, you hire those, you offer a job to those who offer employment to those who you seem to find to be the best fit. They come on board after a while, you realize "Mm, they're not really performing up to par. We get rid of them. Why don't we do the same for these people? Why are we, are we afraid of these people that we put in power?
we hold until we wake up and realize that we hold the power not them we're forever going to be in this situation forever having these conversations and forever wondering what makes them so exclusive but we have to question ourselves moments you think we've kind of no you know you can normalize bad behavior have we normalized bad representation probably have we probably have Fabian. really and truly because this this stuff wouldn't go back in the day man it really wouldn't it and once again it just go back to look i i think number one i think we're more distracted not not to say it's an excuse we're we're more distracted than ever it's only going to get worse, whether it's social media, but there's so many things that we have our eyes on that we did not have our eyes on, say, 20, 25 years ago, for example. I think that has only added to it. But as far as representation, maybe the bar is so low that we just accepted that. that, that to hell, man. I don't expect I don't expect my commissioner or our mayor to even do anything. So I, I, I don't even know who's in office now, to be honest with you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying. <sighs> Here is where I am at, Fabian. Here's where I'm at. You go to meetings, you go to gatherings, you listen to the, the, them talk, and they sound convincing. But I'm at the point where I'm not even motivated to get up and vote because I really don't know. Are you another sheep, a wolf in sheep's clothing? Are you another one bringing me a bucket full of empty promises just so that I can get you to where you need to be? You very well may be the change we need, but I don't know. Because for so long, we have been lied to. And there's no other word to use. For so long, we have been lied to. We have been taken advantage of. We've been ridiculed. We've been made to look like the idiots. We don't know where to turn. Could I say something? Yeah, man. Go right ahead. The truth is, right, in my estimation, that's my opinion. <laughs> <laughs> when we vote for people, we actually believe that they're the ones who make policies for us. But in reality, when they get, they may have the best intentions, you know, and they might have been telling you the truth at the time when, you know, they are seeking election or whatever the case is. But once they get in there, they realize that they are just, um, what would you say, public relations representatives. <laughs> Liaison officers. That's all they basically are. And that the, the real truth is that is corporations that are running the place, right? especially because of the rules where they have where money and influence is concerned, where, where politicians are, you know, concerned. So they realize they cannot buck the system, so they just fall in line and follow along Yeah. because they have to do that. And that's a, that's a real problem. So at, 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 it, doesn't, it doesn't matter who you vote for because of what is already in place the situation, the outcome for us will be the same. The agenda will not change because they're not the ones who um, dictate the agenda. And that's the reality we live in. Yeah. I believe. Yeah. Yeah. Well, go go well, ahead. Actually, Warr, I'm going to respectfully disagree. Um, we, we can't have that mindset. And uh, yes, they do enact change. They do write laws. But it starts, 
it starts at, at at the grassroots level. It starts at your mayor and your county commissioner, and and you and you and you work and you have your congressman and all that. But we have to we have to keep hope, man. We have to keep hope and say, you know what? Uh, we probably have to vet these candidates more. As I said, I think we're more distracted than ever. Um, and maybe and that's maybe on me as well. I need to do more as well as far as studying who is in who is running for office and stuff. But yes, they they can. They do have the power to to write laws and change laws, and it's for us to actually put the right people in power. It starts with me. Thank you. Good point. Good point. Yeah, sorry. I don't I don't disagree with you, and it should be that way. But over the years is what I've observed, and I've even listened to Andrew Houghton about his stint um, in politics, you know, in Jamaica, whatever the case is, right? And what he says he experienced, and that's the reason why I, part of the reason why, you know, listening to him and, you know, reviewing some others, why I've come to this conclusion. I don't know if you ever ever had a chance to listen to him and follow his interviews or what he says about his experience in in the parliament and the politics. (laughs) So, while you were talking war and you as well, Fabian, I, I went to Google. What are the benefits of a democracy? Here are some. There are ways to resolve different views and conflicts peacefully. Second one, respect for human dignity. Third one, freedom to act, speak, and think freely as long as it does not stop others doing the same. A fourth one, Equality before the law. Fifth one, safe and secure community. Now, based on those, just those five, because there are more items, I didn't click on the link for more items, but based on those five items, would we say that we're living in a true democracy? Nope. It's an illusion. Does true democracy exist anywhere in the world? I don't think so. No, no. Um, here, this uh, they said um, this is the best democracy in the world, <laughs> but they also say this, this is an experiment. <laughs> if you realize that, yeah. So, so let us go a little deeper. What is a democracy? Democracy means rule by who? The people. And who are the people? We are the people. The word comes from the ancient Greek word, demos, the people, and kratos, to rule. A democratic country has a system of government in which the people have the power to participate in decision-making. Each democracy is unique and works in different ways. In some democracies, citizens help make decisions directly by voting on laws and policy proposals. In others, and that is referred to as a direct democracy. In others, like Australia, citizens choose representatives to make decisions on their behalf, which is representative democracy. In a democratic society, a democracy relies on the participation of citizens. They participate not just by voting, but by getting involved in their community. This might be by joining a charity a political party, or an environmental or community group. Yeah, 
A democratic society is one that works towards the ideals of democracy. Respect for individuals and their right to make their own choices. Uh, so it's a democracy for some, but not for others, right? And, and if, the reason I say that, the first thing that comes to mind is the most recent thing that has the country upside down, Roe versus Wade. We respect you as an individual. We respect the right for you to make your own choices, but not just just the woman. The woman can't have that right, okay? Tolerance of differences and opposing ideas. That's what we're supposed to be. We're supposed to be tolerant of different races, different cultures, different ethnicities, different people from different economic backgrounds, different genders. We're supposed to be tolerant, but we're not because here we have a bench filled with Supreme Court justices who want to impose their beliefs, not only them, but governors, mayors throughout the country who want to oppose their beliefs, their ideologies on people who have come here in search for religious freedom. Right? So are we a democracy? Equity, valuing all people. And supporting them to reach their full potential. That's a lie in this country. If that were not the case. or No, no, no. Let me rephrase that. If that were the case, I'm sorry. Why then did this gentleman just have his house undervalued because his picture was up in it? A picture of him and his family. Undervalued. But the minute the picture was taken down. And another evaluator went in, the right evaluation came back because now they don't know who owns the home. That's something that's been going on. If equity, valuing all people, was something that was actually upheld, why do we have redlining? Why are we pushing people into certain communities and out of certain communities? Why are we doing that? If that was the case, wouldn't everybody have the same level or quality of education? Each person has freedom of speech, association, movement, and freedom of belief. Does freedom of speech really exist? No. Because if it if everything you say, there's a consequence. And you have to think carefully. Justice, treating everyone fairly in society and in court. If that were the case, we would not have these atrocious stories in the news. Regardless of one's race, the color of their skin, their economic background, we wouldn't have these issues. So... Probably the country needs to revisit its ideology and understanding and see if there's a correlation. Do they know what a democracy is? And are they operating as a true democracy? And let us start with the one, equity. Fix that because it doesn't exist. This country is like the Animal Farm, the book Animal Farm. We're all created equal, but some are more equal than others, according to the baby. <laughs> mm, right there, right there, exactly. Yeah, that's it. 
So if you thought, and for anyone listening who is desirous of coming to this country, understand, you have to understand the landscape you're coming into, right? Any country you're going in the world, any country you're deciding to visit, any country you're deciding to spend some time in, to go to school, or to take up as your new country of residence, understand how it operates because no country is perfect absolutely none everyone has its flaws each country has its flaws right but yeah but but this is go ahead chief go right ahead but this is the only one that declares to be supreme in democracy one of the things that you said that stood out the most to me was democracy is defined by one's ability to have tolerance that word by itself is problematic because it simply means you're tolerating people, right? If I invite some people to my party or to a party to a line and somebody shows up that I don't necessarily like, I'll tolerate them, but don't expect me to make them a plate, offer them a drink, ask them to come over again. That's what democracy looks like in the U.S. We'll tolerate you. It doesn't mean we want you here, though. We're going to cater to you. We're just tolerating you. Because we designed this nation for a specific group of people. Everybody else, we simply tolerate. And to, and to Chief's point, tolerate. According to the Oxford Dictionary, allow the existence, occurrence, or practice of something that one does not necessarily like or agree with without interference. Abego, <laughs> 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 uh, accept or endure someone or something unpleasant or disliked with forbearance. Be capable of continued subjection too without adverse reaction. I may not like my neighbor, but I gotta tolerate my neighbor. I don't have to, I don't like, the, you know, when they're cooking, I'm smelling this thing and oh my gosh, it makes me feel sick. I can't stand them, but I tolerate them because they have the right to live where they choose to live. I don't necessarily have to like you, but let me exist without interference. Let me practice my culture without interference. Do not diminish my culture because you don't understand it without interference. In other words, let me live. We tolerate some, but we don't tolerate others in this country. We, we, we promote hate. Believe it or not, we do. And we, it's done through the media and the various stories that are pushed day after day after day. Stories are promoted to make one grow and develop disdain for another group. We take one experience and we, we blanket everyone to be the same thing. And that's not right. Far from being right. We shouldn't be doing that. If you want to be accepted, you have to know how to accept others. If you want to be, quote unquote, tolerated, you have to know how to tolerate others. So again, my people, we do not live 
in any kind of democratic situation. There's no democracy. A good government is efficient, transparent, responsive, and accountable to citizens. Do we honestly have that? A good government is efficient, transparent, responsible, responsive, sorry, and accountable to citizens. Do we honestly have that? Think about that as you head out to the polls come November. And Fabian, I agree with you. We have become lazy. Is it by choice or is it because we're fed up? We, I don't know if lazy is the right, to word, right word to use. Probably complacent, disengaged, lax. Because could it be we're frustrated? We feel it's just a same old, same old situation. We're going to go out and vote and nothing's really not going to get done. Or are we lax in that we're not getting out there and asking those hard questions to those who are putting themselves on the platform, begging for us to vote for them to put us in these positions that ultimately affect us. So we're probably not as involved as we ought to be. I know I'm not. So we, we need to pull ourselves up by the bootstraps and get out there and ask the questions, the questions that mean something to us and our communities and see how they answer those questions. Are they going to stumble? Uh, ooh, uh, 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 or are they so informed that they know how to answer those questions? Are they there with us toe-to-toe? -to -toe? Are they in touch with what's going on in the communities that they're trying to represent? And I know someone who's opening their mic. Go right ahead. Yeah. I believe that people honestly believe because of um, the past, like, you know, people were enthusiastic, trying and believing the process. But after following the process so many times, right, in and out, I believe people have come to the point of almost apathy because they do not believe that they truly have a voice because they are frustrated at every turn. And if you look at the situation worldwide, you'll see even, I mean, in the Caribbean, Jamaica, the same thing, you know, Guyana, Trinidad, wherever you want to name, it's the same thing. People feel frustrated because it doesn't matter who they choose they do not get the result that they want right. following the process. Right. And when the pe people actually do something that they feel is going to work right, they realize that outside forces, right, also have a hand to play. And this is why I say um, before, it's that it doesn't matter which way you choose it, the agenda is the same. Mm -hmm. Because, for instance, um, in in I'll just give this one Guyana, for instance, they they changed the government, elected one, and then they had a re-election, and there was a little situation, and what happened? The U.S. going and they say who they want to be in, <laughs> and that had to be done because they said if you don't put who we want in, we're gonna put boots on the ground. So even when and you choose what you want. Somebody else is there to say, uh, 
that's about you're gonna get. So I, I believe people are just at a point of frustration that they really see that it's just a show. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that. Teachers at Ohio's largest school district voted to go on strike on Sunday, just days before school is scheduled to start, according to the teachers' union. The Columbus Education Association Union, which represents over 4,000 teachers, nurses, and other education professionals at the Columbus City Schools District, said it will be its first strike in decades. 94% of Columbus Education Association CEA members voted to reject the school board's last, best, and final offer and go on strike for the first time since 1975. This is what the union said in a statement on Twitter. CEA is committed to bargaining for the safe and welcoming, properly maintained, and fully resourced public schools Columbus students deserve. The union said the disagreement is over learning conditions, including class sizes and functional heating and air conditioning in classrooms, according to the Columbus Education Association's notice of intent to strike. The Columbus Board of Education called the outcome of the vote disappointing. Tonight's vote by the Columbus Education Association is incredibly disappointing. We're saddened by the unfortunate situation our families, our community, and most importantly, our children now face a statement from the board said Columbus City Schools serve 47 I'm sorry 47,000 students according to the district despite the strike the school year is still scheduled to begin on Wednesday but classes will be online and led by substitutes according to school district's website the district says its own administrators may also teach online classes while the strike continues but since teachers make up most of the district's coaching staff Sports activities may be rescheduled or cancelled, according to the site. The strike at Columbus City Schools isn't the only one happening this week. Just a day before the vote in Ohio, a union representing about 2,000 school district of Philadelphia employees voted to authorize a strike just one week before school is set to start. The union in Philadelphia, 32BJSEIU, is asking for higher wages and adequate training programs. So you know what I'm going to say, right? Why the whole damn country don't just strike? If every single person that works with private or public, within the private or public sector, decides I'm not logging on today, I'm not leaving my house today, no, shut it down. Will they listen to us then? Because money is the only language they speak. Will they listen? No flights can come in the country. No flights can leave the country. Nobody can go anywhere. Come on now. What will it take for them to listen? Now imagine school is to start. And this is the step that the teachers have to take to get somebody to listen to them. And that's the problem. We talk and we... We talk, 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 talk. And you know what? When we talk and nothing happens, they say, yeah, they're going to keep talking. They're going to shut up after a while. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They'll stop talking because they need their jobs. But if everybody gets up on there and says, uh-uh, we might need that job. But guess what? Ain't nobody moving today. The only thing you're going to see moving is them lizards in the street, them flies swarming around. That's it. Mm-mm. Nothing ain't happening today. What would happen at that point? What would happen? 
would that speak to them? Would that wake them up? Because that's, I wonder how much money the country would lose in taxes in one day. Both at the federal Moments. and state level. Yeah, go ahead. That you, You're absolutely right. It's, it's, the problem with being frustrated with frustrated politically or disenfranchised is you also forget uh, what collective political power looks like. Right. You, you get complacent. Uh, I think it was Fabian that said lazy. I wouldn't quite use that word, but I don't have a better one for it. It's, 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 it's attached. It's associated with that, you know, but it's that complacency or that being disgruntled. Right. It's like anything, a bad relationship. And you keep trying, trying, trying. Eventually you get dis- disgruntled and you quit trying. It doesn't mean that you're lazy in a relationship. It just simply means you lost hope. It's similar. And so I was talking to some friends of mine the other day who are educators, and I said, listen, I have a brilliant way to, I mean, I know I'm not the only person that thought of this, but a brilliant way to kill CRT, critical race theory, mm-hmm. is if we, if we went to these black schools and we had, if let's say a PTA president said, listen, our children are having to deal with this uncomfortable information every day. It's just that they're, un, they're, they're unaware that most of, most of the American heroes are criminals or have some corruption or they were slave owners or they, you know what I'm saying? They have some history, you know, whether you can take every president in the United States and find something racially uncomfortable about that particular president. If you started there, if every student said, no, I I, I refuse to uh, do pledge allegiance. This is uncomfortable to me Mm -hmm. because the people you're talking about were, were slave owners of my, my ancestors. Why would you ask me to resort to that? You know, I guarantee you, the idea of critical race theory would reverse overnight mm-hmm. because they said they would see now we can't even tell our own story. We can't even present our own narrative, right? Andrew Jackson, I'm native American. He, he, he forcefully removed all my people from the South. If everybody, if people knew their history, if people said that's uncomfortable to me, you could change critical race theory because you would literally have to remove all those books from the school. That's how critical race theory works. If you find a book in the school that makes a student feel less uh, less adequate, or you see some sense of superiority or some other agenda or complex, you can, by law, have that book removed from the school. Mm. It's just it's just a strategy. But you know something, Chief. I remember back in Jamaica, you want action, you strike, and it work, right? See, Matic, I don't know if you can yeah. talk. I don't know if you can it talk, but back in Jamaica, don't want to strike. That's how we get attention and get what we want. Most we definitely. see the same thing in Nigeria. Without a strike, people now not really take you serious. You have, and you have to con- constantly do it too. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, I was in, I remember being in Nigeria one year and I had to help get to the airport and everything was shut down because the fuel prices went up. <laughs> so they said, ah, fuel prices go up. We just won't go anywhere. Every, I mean, everybody literally stopped moving. Any transport, anything that was happening, everybody stopped moving. Traffic jam for miles. When I tell you that gas price changed so fast, <laughs> it wasn't even an hour. One hour. You know, and we were on our way back to the airport. <laughs> you know what I remember as a child? Now, I don't remember what the, the, the situation was, but I remember the manly... Re- um, Manny was in power. And I remember 
we had to um, take our help home. So I'm from a town called Brownstone in the parish of St. John, right? It's up in the hills. We had to, because no buses were running, no public transportation, so we had to take our helper home. So it was me and my mom and a helper. On the way back from Alexandria, which is going more interior into the island, right? So on the way back, I remember being the, the car being stoned. People were blocking the streets because they were in such uproar. And that is what the people, and that is something that has been done time and time again in the country. Them block the road, them because them sick and them tired, because nobody's listening to them. Nobody cares to hear. But until it impacts them, what, until it immobilizes them or takes money out of their pocket, they don't understand the gravity of the situation. Am I saying that that's what should be done here? I don't know if it has ever been tried here. The only the large protests that we saw were when they had the George Floyd situation. I don't know if anything has been done in recent times. I don't know. But even though that was done, look at how painstaking it was to get something. Just something. A little something. The size of a, the pin of a needle. The tip of the needle, whatever you want to call it. That, the point, yeah. What will it take to move them? Because it works in third world countries. You call us third world countries, but we know forget things done. And you keep messing with us. We're going to do what we got to do for you to listen to us. Come on. Come on. Got to do better. To Louisiana woman. I'm sorry. Someone is going to say something. Go right ahead before I move on. I'm saying... It seems like we live more in a police state kind of thing than anything else. And the people are in charge. Study us from a psychological and sociological point of view. And they have the book and know how to manipulate the population, right? And how to let um, divide people so that certain things that they dealt with in the past don't repeat itself. And I think that's the, the thing that we're up against is is a force that knows us as people and knows the population and know how to um, manipulate it so that they get their way, mm-hmm. right? Plus also the situation nowadays where, as you see, the use of the word terrorist, right? Yeah. is being used and wielded um, free-handedly to remove people from their rights as citizens, you know, to protest against um, government. Yeah. And that's also uh, uh, something in the equation that co- that is causing a lot of change. Yeah. And impotence on the part of the people. Oh, boy. We're still enslaved mentally. Two Louisiana women were arrested by the Rapids Parish Sheriff's Department and charged with ambushing, I'm sorry, abusing animals after a violent dog training video surfaced on the internet. Tina Frey, 52, and her daughter, Victoria Brimer, 21, were each charged with two felony counts of aggravated cruelty to animals. 
Earlier this month, videos hit the internet showing Frey using a riding crop to hit a cane corso dog on the head at their Express Arrow Kennel and Canine Academy. The Sheriff's Department said they received complaints about the videos and launched an investigation. Based on the investigation, authorities were able to establish sufficient probable cause that supported the original complaint. Warrants were issued for the mother-daughter dog training duo. Frey and Brimer turned themselves into the Rapids Parish Courthouse and were released on a $10,000 bond. Okay. A Houston, oh, ladies, be careful. Men, be careful. Anybody, everybody, please be careful. Do not touch anything that's put on your car. Okay. I don't know how you're going to get it off. Get gloves, something, but don't touch anything that's put on your vehicle. All right. So a Houston woman ended up in the hospital last week after handling a poisoned napkin wedged into the door handle of her car. On Tuesday, Erin Mims celebrated her birthday with her husband at a local restaurant. As they were leaving, she noticed the napkin on her car and threw it away. I didn't think anything of it. I just threw it out, Mims told Fox 26. I opened the door with the tips of my fingers. I asked my husband, did you put the napkin in the door? And he said no. She returned to the restaurant to wash her hands before getting in her car, and her fingers started tingling. Within five minutes, her whole arm was numb. She was having trouble breathing, and her heart started beating really fast. Mims's husband drove to a nearby hospital where doctors performed multiple tests. Doctors told Mims that her vitals were all over the place, but there wasn't enough poison in her system to determine what it was. The doctor told her it sounded like a failed attempt at kidnapping. All I could do was think about my babies. It was the scariest, scariest moment in my life. Mims decided to share her story on social media to warn others, and it ended up going viral, and others shared similar experiences. However, the Houston Police Department said this is the first case of its kind that they have seen. Mark Winter, a poison control expert with the Southeast Houston Poison Center, explained that Mims' symptoms matched hundreds of different poisons and described her exposure as casual or minimal. The probability is that you would have to have a lot more than just a casual exposure. So please be careful. I know I have a habit. You know, people leave flyers on your vehicles and you, without thinking, you just take them off and throw them out. Please, folks, be careful. Do not have your children. Warn your children. They see a flyer on your car, paper on your car. Don't touch it. Get gloves. Or what if you don't have gloves, get a plastic bag, something that you can put your hand in to, to get a hold of it and remove it. Um, evil still exists, not going anywhere. Right. And people are going to try to do whatever they can. People are kidnapping people to put them into prostitution. People are kidnapping people for human trafficking, for for harvesting. Protect yourselves as best as you can. All right. Be on the alert. Wisconsin school district stands on its ban to forbid teachers from displaying their gender identities. Okay. Thank you, Ball Alert, for this story. Wisconsin school district is standing on its ban to forbid teachers from showing pride-related items or providing their preferred pronouns in email. For 10 years, Wisconsin's Kettle Moraine School District has had a policy that restricts its instructors from exhibiting partisan politics, secretarian or sectarian, I'm sorry, 
sectarian religious views or selfish propaganda. And this week, the district upheld its policy despite some pushback over its decision to block teachers from representing their gender identity through products, items, or even email signatures. We are in a world where politics are highlighted and it puts people in uncomfortable positions, said Stephen Plum, who is the district's superintendent. And that comment was made in a July board meeting, according to CNN. The district also does not allow Black Lives Matter or Make America Great Again to be shown on campus. Since then, petitions against the ban have been posted. One in particular has gained more than 13,000 signatures. CNN reports there are more than 10 schools and 3,500 students with the school dis- that the school district oversees and ranges. Hmm. Interesting. So let me see, if, because when I read the headline at first, Wisconsin school district stands in its ban to forbid teachers from displaying their gender identities. At first, I was like, okay. So what do we call the teachers? Do we just call them by their first names then? Because I remember, and I'm from the old school and still here at my children's schools, they refer to their teachers um, as Miss or Mrs. or Mr. And my, if I walk up to a teacher and you're, you look like a man, I'm going to say Mr. So-and-so. I don't know what you identify as. I'm identifying. I'm going to call you what I see. Um, likewise, a female. Even if a woman may look like what they call a butch, but I can see breasts and she's visibly a woman, I'm going to address you as Miss So-and-so. So what are we supposed to do? I'm a little confused. I don't know. What are we supposed to do? No titles whatsoever? Morning, everyone. Good morning, um, James. Yeah, I, I think I think it's best to go with name um, in today's day okay. because, like, I've I've been seeing this um, pretty regular now that I, I've been coming across people that like I'm just looking at them and I'm like, is this a man or a woman? Like, and because there's a few people now that that, that I. Um, like I'm in close contact with like on a daily basis and I still don't know if it's a man or a woman. It's hard to like when when I when when I just when I just came to to Canada like I I used to you know the first the first time I saw like uh someone like in transition like I'm like that person look like like a mermaid, right? Like they look like man you know the, the bottom half is man and the, the top half is woman. Mm-hmm. You ever see that before? Like, you see, like, a yeah. man with breasts, but yeah. then he has on his sneakers and jeans and, and have on, like, a, one of the woman top. The You know, one of those... Yeah, yeah I know but, what you mean. Now, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, but now I'm seeing... There, there's, like, about three people in particular that I kind of work close with. And I don't know, like, even though, like, I'm standing in front of these people, talking to them, I don't know up to today, like if they're, if it's a man or a woman. So let me ask you a question. Very confusing. Let me ask you a question. And I, I don't want to offend anyone. I really don't. I want to respect everyone's choices because we all say freedom of choice, right? 
if I am going to speak with someone, is the right thing to do then to ask, how would you like me to address you? Or do we just say, may I have your name, please? And then just use their name, their first name, without saying, trying to attempt to say, Miss, Mrs., Mr. Should, we, should I just say, um, may I have your name, please? I, I think for me, I, I prefer name be, because everybody is at a different comfort level in, in their life. Yeah. Um, and the stage that they are in life. Like for me, for example, like I'm not homophobic. I, I'm not, you know, I believe that everyone has the right to live their life and stuff right. like that. But for me, I'm just not comfortable looking at someone that I know is a man mm -hmm. and, and, and saying like miss or, or whatever. I'm not comfortable with that. So just stick with names. So so I prefer to like if if like okay for example like if if I'm looking at this woman and I would rather for for her to say you know what my name is John mm -hmm. I call you by your name you okay. know if it is John it's a male's name uh, 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 I'll, I'll I'll be more comfortable saying hey John what's up than saying like Mrs or whatever if okay. I'm if I'm looking at a male you know so. I think the name the name works works, the name works. Okay. better and 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 we, we we used to go by this colonial thing where we call everybody sir ma'am whatever and and respect with age and stuff like that and you have to be married for a certain position but now we're seeing like prime ministers that are not married prime ministers that are a baby mother baby father type of thing so these old time stuff is kind of going through the door now so where you have to address someone you know, by mom or like a teacher, you know, that shows respect. Mm -hmm. I think we're living in a time now where it's not disrespectful to call a teacher like, hey, Sarah or, hey, you know, John or whatever. I don't think that's disrespectful anymore. Okay. All right. Thank you so much, James. Uh, in business and tech news, Chipotle debuts a water cup candle. It smells like lemonade, according to CNN Business. Lemonade thieves, Chipotle is on to you. The burrito chain has released a candle in honor of National Lemonade Day, which fell on Saturday this year, according to a news release. The candle pokes fun at customers' habit of sneaking some free juice by accidentally filling a free water cup with lemonade instead. The cheeky limited edition soy candle is designed to look exactly like a Chipotle water cup and is lemonade scented. The release explained. Okay, I'm guilty as charged. I know I've done that. Can I have a glass, a cup of ice or water, please? Oops, some drink fell in that cup. I don't know what happened. I think the machine is broken. Yeah, I'm guilty as charged. Yeah, <laughs> I didn't know it was a thing. This could be a momentous week for millions of young people, according to CNN Politics. Within the next week or so, that's when the U.S. Education Secretary Miguel Cardona said Americans can expect a decision from the Biden administration on student loans. Dun, 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 dun. Millions of borrowers are anxiously waiting to hear whether President Joe Biden will extend the pause on federal student loan payments, which is set to expire August 31st. Or... Don't hold your breaths, but possibly forgive any of their debts. As a reminder, borrower balances have effectively been frozen since the beginning of the COVID-19 pandemic, with no payments required on most federal student loans since March 2020. So I would say, bunker up, folks. I don't think there's going to be an extension. That's just my personal opinion. Um, so what is Biden weighing 
really. The White House has previously said that Biden will have something to announce ahead of the August 31st deadline, and Biden has already extended the pause four times, most recently in April, arguing that it was necessary to allow federal student loan borrowers to get back on their feet. The question is whether there will be a fifth time. But that's not all. Democratic lawmakers and advocates have also been calling on Biden to broadly cancel up to $50,000 in student loan debt per borrower, although the president has said he would not consider that number. Instead, along with potentially extending the pause, the White House has suggested Biden is considering canceling $10,000 per borrower, excluding those who earn more than $125,000 a year. So if you're in that $125 and up bracket, uh, goodbye, bye-bye, you will not qualify, which is something he campaigned on in 2020. But how severe is America's student debt problem? Well, borrowers hold $1.6 trillion in outstanding federal student loan debt. More than Americans owe in either credit card or auto loan debt. About 54% of borrowers with outstanding student loan debt owed less than $20,000 as of March 2021, according to the College Board. About 45% of the outstanding debt was held by 10% of borrowers owing $80,000 or more. What's the downside of broad forgiveness? While broad student loan debt cancellation could deliver financial relief to millions of Americans, the implications of such a significant policy move are complicated. This is according to CNN's Katie Lobosco. On its own, the action would do nothing to bring down the cost of college for fewer borrowers or for future borrowers or help those who have already paid for their degrees. Well, how does the Supreme Court? court come into this mm, okay a recent decision from the high court limiting the environmental protection agency which is the epa their ability to fight the climate crisis could complicate biden's authority to cancel federal student loan debt why that's because the court's ruling along with those in other recent cases on eviction moratoriums and covid19 vaccine mandates signaled that the justices may be inclined to constrain federal agencies' authority to make significant policy changes if that power is not explicitly laid out by Congress. How has Biden addressed student debt to this point? As Lobosco has reported, the president has largely taken a targeted approach to student debt relief. How so? Well, here's an example. Earlier this month, the Department of Education said it would cancel $3.9 billion in student loan debt for 208,000 students who attended the now-defunct for-profit ITT Technical Institute. That brings the total amount of loan discharges approved under Biden to nearly $32 billion. My question is, how is the government of the Department of Education holding the owners of ITT Technical Institute responsible? That's my question. Biden has also temporarily expanded the public service loan forgiveness program, which forgives the debt of government and nonprofit workers after 10 years of payments and made changes to income driven repayment loans, bringing millions of borrowers closer to forgiveness. So the next question is, what do Americans think of student loan forgiveness? 
as might be expected. Attitudes towards student debt relief are sharply divided along partisan and generational lines. A majority of Democrats in a May CNN poll, 56%, and an even wider majority of self-described liberals, 69%, said the government is doing too little on student loan debt, while only a third of Republicans and self-described uh, conservatives alike said the same. 70% of adults younger than 35 said the government is doing too little, a figure that dropped to 50% among those in the 35 to 49 age bracket and 35% among those 50 or older. <sighs> so in other words, Americans do not think enough is being done as far as student loan forgiveness is concerned. Um, yes, I have seen that they're targeting different groups to do debt, student loan debt forgiveness. But while we're doing the student loan debt forgiveness, which is in all fairness, because yes, these students were taken advantage of when you talk about um, private colleges, right, who give you a degree while you do an accelerated program which should afford you the opportunity to get a better job, right? Okay, I get that. But how are we holding them responsible? What I find alarming, and, and we spoke about this last week, is that you're going after people who say committed PPP fraud or EI, economic um, disaster loan fraud. But nobody, I, I'm, I'm yet to hear anybody going after corporations and companies how what's going on there or am i not is is it that they're going after them but we're not hearing about it because i don't understand how the airline industry got money to stay afloat keep workers employed but still laid them off using them as an example here we have itt along with other schools colleges that went bye-bye took people's money left people with a bag but I don't hear them being held accountable. Go right ahead. And, um, as you said, in, the, in this democracy, there's an equal application of the law. <laughs> Some people are more <laughs> above the law than others. And again, this is an example. And even to go a little bit back to um, Biden, right? Offer of um, student loan debt cancellation. I find that rather ironic Right, since he's the one, the person that made it very easy for people, you know, to get student loan way back in the day in the first place. And then he is also the one that made it impossible for people to, um, student loans to be, um, people to claim bankruptcy when it comes to student loan. I know here we are going back to him thinking that he's going to do something about it. <laughs> You know what happened, um, War? They prey on the, or no, prey is probably not the right word. They hope that people have um, memory loss, right? As, as After a certain time, we tend to forget certain things unless somebody brings it up, right? So I think that is what they're depending on, that it will we will forget and not, you know, remember these things yeah mm -hmm. interesting i guess most people don't remember that's why they're you know almost celebrating holding their breath yeah thinking that yep. he's gonna do something because they do not know 
or don't do it. I guess they don't do do enough due diligence to realize his position and the role he played with when it comes to uh, student loan. You know what the issue is, War? I think we're so caught up with just trying to survive day by day. We are so focused on let me get some money so I can pay my bills and put some food on the table. I think that's we are distracted because of our economic situation. And they know that we're distracted. You think them no no, they know we're distracted. They know that they don't have the attention, our attention. They know. You think them an idiot? No, they're not. They're not fools. But isn't that what the, the hunter does? Isn't that what the hunter does? When you go out hunting, you expect to kill or catch something. And the only way you can kill them or catch them is if they're off guard. Am I wrong or am I right? I don't know. Get them unsuspectingly. There you go. <laughs> so that's, that's what we are. We are the prey. They're the hunters. They do as they like with us, right? Um... But we're waking up slowly but surely, and it's time for a Caribbean corner. And Caribbean Corner stories, courtesy of Caribbean Loop News. Uh, Antigua says it had no choice but to release Roman Abramovich. I can never say his word, name, Abramovich's yachts. There, got it. The Antigua and Barbuda government said the crews of two yachts were asked to take them out of its territorial waters after it was confirmed that they belonged to Russian billionaire Roman Abramovich. Abramovich is one of several Russian oligarchs who were sanctioned by international governments for their close political and business ties to President Vladimir Putin following the invasion of Ukraine. The sanctions forced Abramovich to give up ownership of several of his profitable businesses, including the Chelsea Football Club. At yesterday's post-cabinet media briefing, Information Minister Melford Nichols said that Antigua and Barbuda was not one of the governments that imposed sanctions on Abramovich and did not want to be faced with any legal challenges in the future. All right, then. Okay. Prime Minister Andrew Holness says that despite the purveyors of doom and gloom within the country, the Jamaican economy is continuing its strong recovery from the COVID-19 pandemic and other external shocks. Speaking at the handing over of a house under the government's new social housing program, NSHP, in Aberley or Aberley District, in southwest St. Anne on Friday, Holness pushed back at critics of his administration's stewardship of the economy. I'm saying this to you that in spite of the purveyors of doom and gloom, those people who can only thrive by breaking down Jamaica and making everything look bad, this economy, your country is recovering nicely and showing resilience, he declared. He cited Thursday's disclosure by the Planning Institute of Jamaica that the country's economy grew by an estimated 5.7% during the April to June 2022 quarter as an example of the economy's resilience amid global crisis. In the midst of crisis, when all the negative people saying people are saying things are bad, the economy is projected to grow this quarter. Mm-hmm. 
While admitting that times are hard due to the economic onslaught brought on by the COVID-19 pandemic and the geopolitical tensions in Europe, the prime minister said steady leadership of the country is required to create the right balance between the management of the economy and providing social support. This, he said, the government has managed to achieve. And I'm here to say to you, yes, times are hard. Things are off. Inflation abit all away. Fuel and food prices moving like crazy. And there are those who would say to you, give up hope and blame the government and create chaos. That's not going to work, Polness insisted. In these difficult times, what you want is steady management, steady leadership. You want a government that can see beyond the crisis and ensure that we don't do things in our economy that will destroy it. In the midst of crisis, the government's steady handling of the economy has resulted in unemployment going down, he stated. Though the opposition People's National Party and some citizens have been clamoring for the government to hand out more social safety net support, Holness said his HUD administration, administration has in fact done so. Okay. Can they do more? Yeah, I think so. Let us take examples out of um, the books of our fellow leaders in the islands in the Leeward Antilles, out, the, out, out in the Eastern Caribbean. Let's look in their pages. Let's look at what they're doing. I think it was Nevis, their, their leader, and I, Barbados, if I'm not mistaken, those two... I want to believe Guyana is in it too. I'm not 100% sure. Don't quote me. But I know those two, we have read that they are going to be helping to ease the burdens, especially as it relates to the fuel cost, because we know once fuel go up, everything gone up. Everything. Even if you're not, even if it's walk your walk, go down the, the, the um, bottom of your yard for cut some banana for go sell. Everything going up. We know that. So, yes, we appreciate um, some help that has been given to those who are more impacted financially. I think more can be done still. Am I being greedy asking for too much? Probably. I don't know. I don't think I'm being unreasonable. No, you're not. Not when they are able to just take it willy-nilly and just send it to go create war and destruction so no you're not it's about time the people's tax dollars work for the people instead of other people you know what i mean yeah yeah jamaica labor party councillor and businessman christopher townsend was fined five thousand dollars for breaching the road traffic act on friday Townsend, who is the counsel for the Olympic Gardens Division in West Central St. Andrew, appeared in the St. Anne Parish Court, where the fine was imposed on him. The businessman, who owns a fleet of buses, remains in police custody as he was charged in a separate case, which is set to be heard in the Kingston and St. Andrew Parish Court. A date for the hearing of that case is yet to be announced. In that matter, the counselor is facing charges relative to allegedly aiding and abetting the fraudulent use of a motor vehicle license plate. It is alleged that Townsend allowed another bus operator to use a license plate on a unit, although the plate is registered to another bus in his fleet. Cops uncovered the alleged fraud after they seized the bus, which had the incorrect license plate. The counselor was later arrested and charged by the police's public safety and traffic enforcement branch. Serve your backside, right? Sorry. 
lead by example. You're a counselor. You are a member of the community that is looked up to. You're supposed to be setting the right example for the people in your community. Yes, we know time's hard, but you don't go around doing the wrong thing. You have a fleet of buses. Yes, hold your backside accountable. I agree. So if you're doing that, a councilman, an extension of the law, of the political system, how on earth are you doing this? I don't feel sorry for you. I really don't. You're there on your own. Do the right thing. A tropical wave located near the Cabo Verde Islands off the West African coast is showing signs that it could become a tropical cyclone. The U.S. National Hurricane Center said the wave is producing disorganized showers and thunderstorms. NHC forecasts that environmental conditions are marginally conducive for gradual development of this system while it moves westward to west-northwest at 15 to 20 miles per hour across the eastern and central tropical Atlantic during the early middle part of this week the wave has a 20 percent chance of developing into a tropical cyclone over the next five days this is according to the nhc's forecast if the system becomes a tropical storm it will be called danielle the female spelling d-a-n-i-e-l-l-e all right the u.s government announced that it is putting measures in place to stop the trafficking of weapons to the caribbean Anthony Salisbury, special agent in charge of Homeland Security Investigations, Miami, along with Department of Homeland Security, partners made the announcement on Friday. HSI and our partners will investigate and seek to prosecute any individuals involved in illegal arms trafficking, said Salisbury. Today, we make it very clear that the United States, and in particular South Florida, is not open for business regarding the illegal trafficking of weapons. Salisbury said HSI has seen a substantial increase in the number of weapons, caliber, and type of firearms being illegally trafficked. Some of those weapons include .50 caliber sniper rifles, .308 rifles, and a belt-fed machine gun in the wrong hands. These weapons could cause mass casualties. Guns trafficked from the U.S. have been linked to a surge of gang-related and reprisal murders in the Bahamas this year. At least 88 murders were recorded in the country this year alone, and most of the victims were men on remand for other murders. Measures to stop the flow of illegal weapons include extra resources being placed into the Border Enforcement Security Task Force and increased inspections of U.S. export shipments to ensure compliance with federal laws. Agencies are also leveraging information developed from investigations and partnerships with foreign custom officials and police to target shipments and individuals that may be engaged in smuggling. Clean up, clean up, clean up. Making it real hard. Gonna take another quick break. And when we return, it is Believe It or Not news. And hopefully we can get in one or two stories on the uh, um, entertainment scene. Stay tuned. 
cush in a brain, drinks in a entry, girl a wind up on me party ram. Me cologne a kick them like a Van Damme, plus me a van, me brand new Air Force One. BL is Malibu, Appleton, Euro in a me pocket and me spend two grand. This a the wickedest dance, a jam and every girl a bubble down to Charlie Black song. Fiesta, 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 this is a party. Fiesta, 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 everybody happy. Fiesta, 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 this is a party. Fiesta, 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 fiesta. We not ready, we not ready, we not ready if you go home. No, 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 no. You not ready, me not ready, you not ready if you go home. Thank you to all our listeners logged on to the Quality Music Zone, QMZRadio.com, JohnnoRadio.com, and everyone here with me on Clubhouse, where the conversation happens. Have moments with me, you're listening to Coffee and Toe, World News on the Go, every Monday through Friday, starting at 9 a.m. to 12 p.m. Eastern, where I read the news and we share our views. Keep it locked. Coming up, believe it or not, stories. And remember, later on tonight, 10 p.m. Eastern, on QMZRadio.com, JanoRadio.com, and here on Clubhouse, where the conversation happens, it is Days After Dark at 10 p.m. Eastern. Join moments with me, Sonette, Rose Solo, and Marlon for Real Relationship Talk. What a girl look fine. The way how she back up, she back up, she back up. Watch how she sweet and she act up. Look how she bound us up at up. Wine to the ground and then she come back up. To the sound of dancer and soca. They can bend over and live la vida loca. Cranberry back on it, put sweet soda. For quality music while you work or play, log on to www.qmzradio.com. Yeah, that will help you get through your day. And don't forget to download the Jado Radio app, J-A-H-K-N-O, available in your Apple and Google Play stores. Remix 2014 Flatline already. Ready. See how I come again with another hit and I bang them, gonna win every time I spit and I hang them another win. Whenever I get them and I have them, I'm wildin' all over the damn club. Let them bug, then I'm coming in. See the way I kill them and I bag them, rub it in. See the way I drill them and I drag them, wondering how I really hit them and I smash them with another dose of the drug. Lay them on the rug, then I hit them in the front, hit them in the back, then we hit them in the middle, hit them high, then we hit them low. Yes, we get a little hate and get a lot of money. Gotta put it down every single time that I let them know. You can never test the way I do it in the way. I'll be moving and bouncing and shaking and shouting and breaking them out and making the noise that I'll be making every time that you be hating. Sorry for keeping you waiting while I'm demonstrating and me watching the people participating. Ain't no debating while I'm eliminating. Look, I'll be skating all over the ring and I play a position and yell at my kiss and you see the way we did so many racing. From J.A. back to Trinidad, girl, bye bye. Bonji and Boss Gia, what you never had, hide, Viking. We're up on the high. We're running for the and it is time for us to get into the Believe It or Not stories. Thank you for that, Bonji Garland and. Uh, 
Busta Rhymes. Woman high on meth in back of police cruiser slips off handcuffs, then shoots officer with his AR-15. An unstable woman shot a deputy with his AR-15 rifle in Oklahoma after escaping her handcuffs in the back of a police cruiser. The bizarre shooting unfolded on Friday, August the 12th, when Grady County police were called to conduct a welfare check after receiving a call from a concerned homeowner who witnessed Rachel Zion Clay acting erratically. When officers arrived, they found Clay barking like a dog while crawling on all I'm sorry. They detained the woman and initially had no plans to officially arrest her. After handcuffing Clay and placing her in the back seat of the patrol car, she was somehow able to free her wrists and unlock the gun compartment towards the front of the vehicle. Dash cam footage shows Clay retrieving the AR-15 assault rifle and firing at least 10, 10 rounds out the car window. She struck a deputy and the man who initially called the police to report her behavior. The woman barricaded herself in the patrol car for over four hours before surrendering. She later tested positive for meth. Luckily, the officer and homeowner suffered non-life-threatening injuries and were released from the hospital. Grady County Under Sheriff Gary Bodges says the cuffs were properly placed on but is unsure how they came off so easily. It's a freak deal, he said. He added that the department is now updating safety protocols to ensure something like this never happens again. The 36-year-old has now been charged with three felony counts of shooting with intent to kill and is being held on a $1 million bond at the Grady County Jail. Um, <laughs> If this woman was barking like a dog and on all fours. Clearly, I don't, I don't know. But my question is, what kind of police car is this that she was able to get access to the glove comp? Hold on, did they say what compartment was it? Hold on a second. <laughs> the gun compartment. Sorry, gun compartment. Right? How did she get to the front of the vehicle? I thought they had um barriers between the front seats and the back seats. And then she locked herself in the car for four hours. Go ahead, Altada. From the from the looks of the video, is one of those Ford SUVs um, that allows you to move freely in between the um, different compartments. Even with the cage, it can um, get around the cage as she was able to do. Um, AR-50 high-power rifles are generally kept in the trunk area um, in like a safe safe type of device but easily accessible to um anyone to, that can get into it but my biggest thing is that she was arrested <laughs> she made it to the jail she don't need jail she needs rehab no that's not what i mean i, mean, I get she's it fine. okay i get it i know what you mean but i, I was trying to go over it <laughs> mm -mm. Mm -mm. <laughs> that but Altado, are we should we be surprised though because we know that if it if it, if it were the other way around we know what would have happened that's without a doubt right yes exactly yeah it's a no-brainer at this point i i don't think we should be alarmed or surprised anymore it's a given they're gonna be safe don't worry about them 
A man in Georgia has been arrested after he was accused of disguising as a priest to rape women. Officers from the Dunwoody Police Department are lo- were looking for... Hold on. So did they get him or were they looking for him? Y'all need to make your minds up on this news report. Fox News, get it right. Anyway, officers from the Dunwoody Police Department were looking for 46-year-old Marco Aries Johnson on suspicion that he's been targeting and raping women while posing as a priest. Fox News reports Johnson would select women waiting near bus stops as his victims and give them a fake story about how he's a priest of EFY religion and a spiritual leader. EFY comes from the Church of the Latter-day Saints, and it stands for Especially for Youth, and it's the name of the schooling young Mormons receive. Hmm, Learn something new today. In a statement about the case, the police department said Johnson then brings the woman to an apartment in Dunwoody, beats them, and sexually assaults them. Okay, so they haven't caught him because they're now saying that in a statement about the case, the police department... Okay, police say Johnson drives a black Toyota Camry with a Georgia license plate CCQ3983. So anybody listening in Georgia, CCQ3983. He's described as being a black man who is roughly 170 pounds, 5 feet 7 inches tall. He's reportedly also been seen in Georgia in Chambly and Doraville. There are no details on how many women he has attacked and abused, but police are looking for any information and are asking that people reach out. Yeah. Um, okay. Anybody? Wait, go, the, go ahead. The, go ahead. The church, the, I'm sorry. The Church of Latter-day Saints and a black man? <laughs> <laughs> Don't be surprised, that because you have a Church of Latter-day Saints in Kingston in Jamaica. And yeah, oh, okay. Okay. yeah, I am, I am surprised. I thought they yeah. were the guys from um, that from ride the Oregon bicycles in, in Utah with the, with the little white name badge on their outside of their jackets. Is that not the same people? I, right now, I don't know anymore, Sonette. I don't um, know. Okay, maybe because... I think it. Wait, no, that's you're not really wrong. You are not wrong. You're not wrong. But they're what they're okay. All right, yes, okay. I'm muting. Okay, so, so let me give you this one. So they have a branch in Jamaica, Church of the Latter-day Saints. I, if I remember well, when you're driving into Kingston, you know, Washington um, Boulevard turns into what? You know, and then you come to that dead end, Constant Spring Road, and you either got to make a left or a right, right? Well, right there. I don't there, know Kingston, so I trust you. Okay. <laughs> I hope I'm remembering well. So right there, when you're to make the left or the right onto Constant Spring Road, right? Um, there was a sign, Church of the Latter-day Saints. I remember that clearly. Now, here is this. So I was of the impression that it was just for white folks. Well, lo and behold, the high school I went to, a boarding school, all girls, there was a girl there who attended school there who went to that church. She was a member of that church. Her family was a member of that church. I was like, oh, oh, okay, so I must have had it wrong. So they probably do embrace everybody. I don't know, Sonette. I don't know. News, I learned something today because I always just thought there were those white boys and well, the white boys, the girls stay home. Yeah. The boys went out in the field and tried to recruit people. Yep. All the time. That's what you see wow. down here. They've showed up at my front door here. And I'm like, oh, bye. No, thank you. Mm-mm, mm-mm. Keep it moving. Yeah. 
So that was before we put in our cameras, but now you, you see them pop up. You don't even go to the door. Yeah, you just ignore them. Yep. And But here they ride their bicycles. Some of them have bicycles and they have on their helmets, black pants, white shirts. Yeah. So anybody needing a labioplasty? Labioplasty? Designer vagina surgeries uh. are becoming more popular for women embarrassed by their camel toe peeking through their leggings. Yeah. Women are, so Shensia may want to do this surgery. Women are flocking to purchase the designer vagina, but it's not for the reason that you may think. Ultra-fitting leggings have become an embarrassment for women because of the fear of having a camel toe. This has caused a significant increase in sales for the medical procedure called labiaplasty. A labiaplasty is a procedure where the labia minor, also known as the flaps on the vagina, is shrunken. The surgery typically costs women approximately $4,000 and is becoming more popular daily. All right, then. So what is the other one you can do a vaginoplasty to go back to um rejuvenation thank you vaginal rejuvenation that takes you back to what before you even started having sex no they're gonna have to accept my poom poom the way it is <laughs> that macetto welcome back out you're not like you keep it it was the perfect timing um but <laughs> question um i thought men liked wait i thought people liked camel toe I don't know. I'm gonna, because I, know. I see people intentional. They always wear their tights so that so you tight. can see what's going on there. <laughs> I don't wear tights outside in public. So <sighs> I'm one of those people. So that you can say them come from Buff Bear. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, but I know here's me. This is me, my personal thing. I don't like seeing camel toes. I really don't. I think it's a huge distraction. And yes, I've seen where some women intentionally wear extra tight clothing. Um, now, I don't know if it's um, the dolly's intention, but she does it. And every time you see her in something that's tight fitting, you can't help but see that right in your face. I don't know. Men probably like seeing it. I don't know. The men can let us know. Do y'all like seeing camel toes or no? There are some women who have a whole damn hoof. Point blank wow i'm sorry <laughs> i'm sorry oh. <laughs> i'm sorry Jessica. let me behave myself it's too early it's monday it's too early time out. <laughs> i forgot this is not days after dark <laughs> <laughs> I, I can't speak for all the men, but to me, sometimes when I see things like that, it's it. I can only think sometimes it's like um, how to put this. Something is wrong. <laughs> Something is wrong. Meaning they're looking for attention or what? Medically. Medically wrong. Okay. Okay. Mm -hmm. Wow. You men don't seem to understand what goes on down there with us, especially after we have kids. No, but Javette, the, 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 this has nothing. No, there are some people who don't even have kids and they have a camel toe. And they purposely do it where they you see that big split. And it's as though they want even jeans. I don't know if they're not being, if they're not chafing or what. I'm like, what on earth? 
moment, some of these women are actually making that area swollen so they can give that visual. That's where I meant by there's something wrong. Okay, like I got there's, you. Yeah, there's, there's something wrong there. What type of fracanacle? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. They, they do that. There's a pump. They, they, there's a pump. There's surgery. There's, mm -hmm. a, there's a pump? Yep. There's a pump. You can't be for it's, real. It's oh, not yes. appealing. Yes. It's not appealing, but some men, some men like that. But when I see that, I'm like, something's wrong there. Things we do for attention. Wow. I didn't know. I had no clue that you could augment that part of your body to have a camel toe. Now, I know my, excuse me. So my, when I first saw the word labiaplasty, what I thought about was the, you know, the flaps, which some women in some women it's larger than some and that's that's nature you have no control every woman looks a little different and you know um when you look at the pictures you for some it looks like an orchid you know different what you call it is it breeds of orchids what's the right term when you talk about um horticulture use the word breed in horticulture Sure. Why okay. Not? Okay. So we're gonna go with the word breed. So different orchids. You know, you have all these different variations, and so orchids do look like the female genital genitalia, right? They do. So some are bigger, some are smaller, and that sort of thing. So that's what I thought it was referring to, but I had no idea that it was actually talking about the. Oh my gosh! You know what, ladies? Don't don't augment yourselves like that just to get attention from men. And stop the BBLs. Jesus. Jesus, Annette. Can you please say that again for those in the back? Please. Stop the BBLs. I saw this woman uh, the other day. It was, on, it was on Instagram. She looked like a mini dinosaur because, like, her thighs and butt um, bottom were ridiculous. At least she got the thighs done, too, so it didn't look so obnoxious. No, it was still obnoxious and ridiculous. Like, nothing in nature made you look like that. Nothing. Stop it. So, Sonette, you can now do the thighs in addition to the butt? I think you can because oh, there's the no way that was natural. There's no way. It was just, it was like, you looked at her and she, and then she had on just like one of those legging outfits that the entire thing was on her body. It's like a second skin. So this is what she would look like naked. Oh my God. You know what I mean? Like you can't see, there's no, I wear A-line clothes for a reason. You don't need to stick there at my curves like that. Wow. But this woman, she wanted to show every inch of her body off. And her tummy was flatter than flat. So there's um, suctions. What else thing called? Liposuction going on. Probably a few extra bands of clothing on the knees. But it was ridiculous. I'm, I'm tired of it. But it... They've got manufactured six packs now. I was about to say that. Um, yeah. There are men who are getting implants six packs eight packs 12 packs <laughs> get rid of the kegs yeah yeah mm -hmm. i don't know um i agree all of us we all have something some of us not everybody let me not say everybody you know but some of us have something we, we look at them and say boy i wish i could change that right 
But who are you changing it for? And what's the reason? And unfortunately, a lot of people are changing, doing alterations to get attention. Just for attention. Um, there's, And I don't want to knock anybody. I really don't want to knock anybody. But if I were a man and I meet a woman, let us say I meet her and the first time I meet her, she has on makeup and eyelashes and hair and all that. The next time I see her, I want to see her without all of that. I want to see her without all of that. Do you know that there are some men who have no clue what their woman really looks like? They've never even seen their woman's scalp. Woman is always in makeup. She goes to bed last and wakes up first. There are some women who sleep in makeup. There are some women who have no hairline because they refuse. They keep gluing and gluing and gluing and gluing. What are you it's so afraid of? Huh? I'm going to add going to the beach. <laughs> <laughs> I agree. We say we want a real man, right? We say we want a real man. I never thought I'd ever have to say that I want a real man. Because I, I never think of them being altered too. But now they are. They're being altered, mm-hmm. like Otto said. And, oh, I heard about the surgery they're having to um to extend their units. Yes. That's also very popular right now. Yes. Good morning, radio. <laughs> yes. That may be a necessity. <laughs> Man, how can you take that chance? You only get one. You only get one, right? That... You know what? I think they have a saying, every hole have them stick up bush, right? So I believe for every size, there is a woman, right? This is a days after dark conversation. <laughs> I agree. I agree. Well, you know, moments, once you go down that rabbit hole and I talk about this plastic surgery overall, uh, you never come back. It seems like, no, I'm mean, for real, man. I mean, we, we've seen people, oh, I'm just going to need a talk this and I talk that. And next thing you know, a couple of years later, undergone two, three, if not more. And it's like, my question is, what do you think? What has what has really kind of been the uh, the reason for this just uptick? And in, in, are we just not feeling as good about ourselves as we did, say, 25, 30 years ago, are we comparing ourselves more now to so-called celebrities on social media? Uh, that is, that's a good debate for a woman because uh, are, are the men in relationships not telling their women enough to look, babe, I love you, how you are, you have to go out there and go get this and that and the other and vice versa? Is it is it a relationship thing or is it a personal thing? Because if you don't feel good about yourself, you'll forever be looking for perfection. Yeah. Here's the, here's the thing, Fabian. I And I said this tomorrow and the other day. Why is it that women who are what people consider to be banging, right? They're the baddies. Everybody want to be a baddie, right? They have the quote-unquote perfect bodies. They're gorgeous. Them not have no man or them full of man problem. But the woman who has no ass... Two stomachs. 
she been with she got her man there with her and he hugging up on her loving on her then they've been together 25 30 years and counting may that make sense so you have some women who are putting themselves in situations jeopardizing themselves to snag a man but that's not what keep the man the man gonna look at you and he probably gonna want to hit it but is that what's gonna keep the man if it's just flesh you're chasing, you'll always continue chasing flesh. It's always going to be a new flesh on the block, so to speak. Exactly. So that's what I'm saying as as far as men. What are your priorities? Because the flesh wear off, you know. You know, if you get this and that and the other. So to me, I can only speak for me. I love an independent woman. I love a very intelligent woman. I love a woman that loves her imperfections. There's nothing to me like, like that. She, she loves her so-called imperfect whatever they might be and that's for her to say not for me but not like a confident woman for me that's a big ass turn on excuse me but let, let me get off mic <laughs> hey Fabian uh, morning uh, as always great point and I agree with you I've been saying this for a while that society has changed our views and caused a lot of people um that self-doubt and lower their self-esteem to say that they have to have these Baywatch bodies, so to speak, and go under the knife. And it's so um, it's so common now that people are doing that because they aren't they see the television and they become unhappy with themselves and want to change that. There are people spending what they should be um, using to retire with on their bodies for the here and now. Um, I know for me personally, it, the natural is always a winner because the, the, that plasto that it leads to, to me, it leads to other mental instability, instabilities in that person. You know, so they're, they're going, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, you know what it is out of order too. A lot of women don't know, want to age gracefully. They want to be young forever because they feel that. And yes, men, get turned on by young girls. We know that. But they're trying to keep the attention on themselves. Grow old gracefully if you can. I'm sorry, Otto. But Otto, you say you need baby pictures and a birth certificate and two family references. <laughs> yep. The way they're, they're changing things up, you'd be surprised. I mean, yeah, no, nah, because... Those people who were born a certain gender want to be the other gender and they're keeping it from the people that they're meeting because I want to identify as this now and you're taking the choice out of the hands of the the person who thinks you're one way. Yeah. yeah. But <laughs> Tasha made a comment. I don't think men take these baddies seriously. I don't think they'd wife them. I could be wrong though. You know what, Tasha? Some men are going to wife them because they are armed candy for when they're going out, but they're cheating on them. They're cheating on them because they have, they're, they're only something to look at. Nothing else. Them can't make a good sentence. You can't have a conversation with them about current events, what's going on in the world, the state of the economy. They, they don't have any goals or ambitions. Nothing. They're empty. Yes. That's quantity over the quality. So, Otto, let me ask you a question, right, just so. Yes, sir. I think, I've, I, I believe that men have this 
very unusual need to impress other men. Uh, it's something we don't talk about. But I know growing up in Jamaica, we had this bro code. We we we, we gather in a schoolyard. We talk about the girl at that the girl, that this school and that school, and that is our culture, man. But the thing is, it remains with us. It remains with us through our our youth when we're young men in our twenties and thirties. But I think it continues. <laughs> I think it continues. And it is kind of weird to me that, and this is just me, because me, me, I'm somewhat of a lone wolf sometimes, but to me, it's kind of weird that men would gather and, and talk so often, kind of brag on each other as far as this, that, and the other. And I'm always wondering what a man can do for me. I'm a, a man can't do for me. Why am I trying to impress another man? I understand, yeah, I try to impress a woman and yeah, I try to flex a certain way, whether it's with lyrics or this and that, the other. But this fascination with men trying to impress other men was is something that up to this day, I don't understand. So shed some light if, if you can. Brother. Don't answer yet, Altona. We're going to be right back to hear that. Okay, so nobody don't move. We're gonna be right back. I gotta close off the live radio. Flee, feed. I can't even speak because you have me laughing. <laughs> I don't say masterpiece. Give me peace. Whoa. <laughs> she reversed by me, so she bump a got to get Benner. Gotta say thank you to all of our listeners who logged on to the Quality Music Zone, QMZRadio.com and JanoRadio.com. And of course, I gotta say thank you to everyone here with me on Clubhouse, where the conversation happens. I'm Moments with me, and you're listening to Coffee and Toe World News on the Go. We do this every Monday through Friday, starting at 9 a.m. to 12 p.m. Eastern, where I read the news and we share our views. You can find me on Twitter at Me Media Moments. You can also catch me on Instagram, moments underscore with underscore me underscore media and on TikTok, moments with me media. Remember later on tonight, 10 p.m. Eastern, days after dark. Catch us on QMZRadio.com, JohnOrradio.com and on Clubhouse. Whatever you do, wherever you go, I do ask that you please be safe. Have a wonderful day. Take care. See you tomorrow morning, 9 a.m. to 12 p.m. Eastern. This is Moments with me signing off of QMZ and Jano Radio. Don't look at it, Benner, Benner, Benner. Reverse it, reverse it.